Greetings, my excellent friends, and welcome to episode 103 of Unfunny Nerd Tangent. Today we're covering what is now a most triumphant trilogy, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, Bill and Ted's bogus journey, and the latest installment, Bill and Ted Face the Music. I'm your host, Timothy S. Preston Esquire. I have spent many nights studying outside the Circle K, suffered defeat at the hands of several water slides, single-handedly conquered the Ziggy Piggy, and am now socially distanced in Phoenix, Arizona, where I do play hopscotch by myself, but I most definitely do not cheat. Joining me are two tiny Australians fused together into the greatest robot builder in all of time and space. When he's not giving you a Melvin, you'll find him in his hut in Brisbane playing 40-minute drum solos on a turtle shell. Stepping out of his DeLorean and into my phone booth, put your hands together for Greg Theodore Logan. <laughs> Station. <laughs> And on lead guitar, fresh off the 1988 Monsters of Rock tour, Eddie Van Halen. Oh shit, is Eddie not here? <laughs> oh, I thought he was we're having, be here. <laughs> we're having some problems with reality. Things, <laughs> things are popping yeah. in and out. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's crossing time and space. <laughs> yeah. Well, Eddie sends his best regardless. Yeah. 1988 Eddie. <laughs> All right. So Bill and Ted's excellent adventure uh, going all the way back to 1988 has been a, a, a phenomenon and sort of a, a driving force in in my life, like one of my kind of early fandoms and things that I identify with. Um, how did you kind of first get into Bill and Ted, Greg? I remember seeing the trailer for the movie on whatever video it was at the time. You know, as a, as a kid, I think it was... Well, I think the movie came out in 88, but this was probably uh, be pretty mid to late 89, I think, where I would have seen the trailer and uh, thought, like, oh, that looks pretty funny, you know. And then I think it was probably another six months or so later until we actually saw it. So uh, we watched the watched the movie and, like, at the time, that whole kind of surface speak, you know, like bogus and, oh, you know, excellent and all that kind of stuff. That was really huge at the time because of obviously the Ninja Turtles movie had had come out, and so and obviously the cartoon and stuff. Which they don't, I mean, they don't all talk like that in the cartoon. It's only really Michelangelo, but the movie sort of took it to another level again. And so that that was kind of the thing, I guess. That was like the cool surfer talk characters. And then I've always liked time travel stories anyway. So obviously with Back to the Future and about a thousand others, but it just sort of hit all the right points for me. Yeah. One interesting bit of trivia that I stumbled upon and as I was getting hyped up for uh, Bill and Ted face, the music is that they were originally supposed to travel through time in their van. Like they were supposed to have sort of a, like a, oh. and they do eventually get this kind of like beat up shitty tour van that, that sort of makes an appearance in the third movie, but is, you know, more prominent in Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Cause they drive around in it everywhere. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but that was going to be the original time machine before you know they kind of looked at back to the future and were like no we're not going to do that they made it a phone booth and it, it turned out that they they had not heard of doctor who and didn't know that like the time traveling police box was already oh, a thing. yeah <laughs> well that's cool because yeah i always thought it was a bit of a nod to doctor who but uh, well clearly it isn't so yeah, yeah it, was, it was just it just kind of a a, a little coincidence there but um, yeah yeah, which is why it was like always a... weird to me because I, I hadn't heard of Doctor Who for like a long time later anyway. And then it's like, wait, like, a, isn't that yeah. like Bill and Ted? Who's, who's doing what here? <laughs> it's funny because like I would, I've never really watched hardly anything of Doctor Who. But 
as a kid, like you knew it was, I knew of it because it was on, it, it was on TV in the afternoons and things like that. So, um, obviously being like a BBC show, we, we would have, we got a lot of that stuff, you know, a lot of the English, uh, television, but, um, yeah, I, the, the whole telephone booth thing I thought was, was pretty cool. It, it did seem at the time like, oh, this is a bit like Doctor Who, but it's like the American version sort of thing. But, um, yeah, it looks like it was just more of a happy accident than anything. And when the movie came out for me, I don't think I saw it in theaters because I was, God, it was 88. I was probably like six years old. Um, but I do remember picking it up on on VHS like shortly after it came out. And the I remember the VHS had like this thing on it called Dial-A-Dude that was like one of those like contests where you call in by phone. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and I don't know if you have to like answer trivia questions or what it was, but you could win like, I don't know, some some sort of like trip around the world to kind of visit the places that Bill and Ted went to or something. It was it was a big prize. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, it looked, looked really interesting. And of course, you know, it was all <laughs> back then you would call in for so many things. Yeah. Like I want Robin to die. Yeah. yeah. Right. I yeah. I guess like I guess technically you still use your phone to enter contests, but you just use your phone to go to a website and fill out a form. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or to send a text. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. but yeah, that that came out and and uh it's it's weird cuz I didn't like I didn't really identify with Bill and Ted cuz I was always a good student, you know, and so yeah. it was never <laughs> Who's never in that position, and 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 always like, you know, I was I was the type of a hole where like the, the all of the stuff, all the regular classes just came like really easy to me. So like I didn't have to, you know, I didn't have to worry about flunking out of history and going to military school in Alaska. Um, but yeah, you know, I, was, I was gonna say I did I I mean I wasn't like a brilliant student, but I wasn't failing either. So. Yeah, similar. Yeah. Like you were never getting in trouble. It was never, there was never anything. I, I, you know, I had a lot of like, you know, all nighters and, and stressed out things where I just waited to the last minute to do an assignment. But, um, yeah, no, never, never anything nearly as dire as uh, what, what Bill and Ted have going on in this movie where they've, you know, they've got to, uh, get basically an A on their final project in order to pass high school history, um, to, basically what's at stake is just their friendship. They can't, they can't be friends and hang out together anymore because Ted would be stripped off to military school in Alaska, which is something that it seems like his father has been threatening with threatening him with his entire life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like and we, and we, yeah, a little more gets, yeah. about it in, uh, in Bill and Ted's bogus journey too, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but I think I think like looking back at it now, there's kind of two, two things that I really dig about the movie. One is just like the, the level of friendship on display, you know, like you don't, you don't, it seems like very often get a thing where like you have like two guys, at least back then who were just like so affectionately great friends. And it seems to me that, like, you know, we, we celebrate almost this whole genre of like slacker buddy comedies. You know, you get things like Wayne's world and clerks down the line that, uh, you know, who knows if we would have gotten those movies had it not been for Bill and Ted kind of, kind of paving the way for that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like they do kind of follow in the footsteps of like Cheech and Chong in a way. Yeah. Um, But then, yeah, like having said that, like they're not, they're not like, stoners and stuff even though they come across it but you never see them like there's never any mention of them sort of smoking weed and stuff like that but 
it is that kind of like you know Cheech and Chong two two sort of laid back buddies you know just getting into hijinks but then so they in a way they kind of follow in the footsteps of those guys but then without Bill and Ted do you get Wayne and Garth and do you get Jay and Silent Bob and because it's like you probably not yeah Bill and Ted is almost like a a proof of concept where even if you had Wayne and Garth over at Saturday Night Live to be able to get that made into a movie and convince people that that's going to sell and be as successful as it is you know I don't think that you know I think I think it was Paramount Studios who made Wayne's World like they're not going to bite on that unless you have a prototype like Bill and Ted to say like hey like this is this is something that people want. And Bill and Ted was, was kind of an improbable success at the time too. Cause um, it was really sort of these two writers, um, Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon who had like, they'd sort of come up with these characters in improv, um, like improv groups that they were doing and, and, and kind of kept like this, this idea kind of kicking around of, uh, uh, you know, these, these two kind of like, not stoners, but sort of like perma stoned, you know, sort of surfer slacker guys, um, you know, who just wanted to like chill out and rock and have a good time. Yeah. It's weird. Cause they are that kind of stereotypical, like stoned surfer dudes, but you never see them smoke weed or surf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, or even sort of mention it. So it's and more just the first... there, that California, um, is it Valley sort of speak, yeah. you know? Yeah. And there's, there's a level of almost innocence to it, you know, that goes, that goes kind of beyond like the, the stoner thing. Like they're not like, you know, it's like they, they, they meet these two princesses in the future and rather than kind of like being creepy about it, they're just sort of like, well, you go to the prom with us, <laughs> you know? Yeah. They're just everything. So like, Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah every, everything is presented in this, in this very like, like innocent and almost childlike way. And that's, that's sort of how Bill and Ted, uh, although there is the moment in the first movie where they go back to the old West and get served beers. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they're like, they didn't even card us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like the first movie. I think it's great. I think like just the, it's a, it's sort of like a feel good eighties comedy type of thing, but in a way, but it's just, it's just a fun movie. You know, like I, I think you got, you know, the Bill and Ted are just like lovable characters and the adventure is is fun and sort of weird enough to just roll with it. And, and they're because they're so likable, you're kind of like, oh, where are they going to go now? And, and just the out and out, like anywhere they go in time, whether it's, you know, medieval England or the old West or, or the, you know, ancient Greece, whatever, there's no attempt by them to sort of, be anything other than themselves <laughs> like they stroll in with their 80s clothes and they're like how's it going dude like all this sort of shit like every other movie it's like i'll kind of try to blend in and try and pretend to be a local or something but they're just so out and out like and and what i like is all the there's hardly any kind of pushback or confusion or explanations with all the like historical figures, like they don't have, you don't have 10 scenes of them saying, no, like really we are from the future and this is a time machine and this is for real. Like it, they sort of skip over all that. It, it, it just cuts to the next scene and you've got Billy the kid kind of being like, oh wow. Okay. Like in, they've had that conversation off screen. 
So yeah, they got to kind of explain it as they go along, and and half the time there's a language barrier. You know, they're picking up mm. uh, Napoleon and Socrates, and these guys, you know, they don't they don't know that <laughs> they can't yeah, really exactly. communicate yeah. with them. Well, the Napoleon thing's great because he gets oh. left he gets left behind in uh, or he gets like dragged back with them, and then which I only ever noticed as well because when I saw on video, it's the the four by three, you know, pan and scan version or whatever they call it. And they come back from the, from uh, not ancient France, like, you know, the, the, the French revolution, French revolution. Yeah. And, and they're there and they're like, listen, Deacon, you got to, you know, do this and blah, blah, and off they go. And when I got the DVDs back in whenever it was 2002 or whatever it was like that, um, I, my friend came over and we watched them. And because it's widescreen, you can see Napoleon's feet hanging in the tree as they're talking. And we're like, look, he's there. Like, that's, oh, we never noticed that before because you actually see the wide the wide shot. And you're like, oh, that's cool. Like, it's it, it just added so much. The little things like that were, were nice when we got to actually see the sort of the, the widescreen DVD version. But, yeah, I, I like how they Napoleon ends up, he, like, stuck in San Dimas and and going to the water slide place and <laughs> just being a complete dick at bowling and, and, and all that. So I love all that. That was pretty cool. <laughs> One of our great claims to fame here in Phoenix, Arizona is that they filmed just about all of those like locations here in Phoenix. And so like that, that water park was, is called, it's called Waterloo obviously. Cause that's, you know, the, the Napoleon reference, but, but, uh, but Waterloo is actually Sunsplash water park right here in Mesa, Arizona. Um, oh, that's cool. that, that bowling alley's still there. The uh, the Ziggy Piggy ice cream place was like an old showbiz pizza slash Chuck E. Cheese, you know, those restaurants. And then uh, yep. um, the, the San Dimas Mall was um, uh, a mall out here called Metro Center, which was like one of the biggest malls west of the Mississippi. It was like the crown jewel of shopping in Phoenix for a while and was this icon and this year it just closed. It finally like kicked out its uh-huh. last stores, and it was it was a ghost town prior to that. Like they they built a they built a like a nice new movie theater and a Walmart kind of on the grounds, but but the like the actual mall itself inside there like it was it was a bunch of like weird collectible shops. I walked through it, um, um, even now during quarantine uh, to 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 take some pictures and like interview some people for the radio station that I work for and. Um, it was it was just a ghost town, and it was weird. And it's weird to go back and see it, you know, kind of in its heyday when it had an ice skating rink, and um, you know, it was just this vibrant place with all these people in the late eighties. So kind That's of a cool. kind of a sad story there, but it's you know, it yeah. it in a in an interesting way, um, Bill and Ted, I feel like sort of taps into like like what's cool about the energy of suburban Phoenix. Like right. the, this, this, this feeling that it like, it feels a little bit like California and like, you could really just like go out with your best friend and have an adventure here. Um, <laughs> like that's like, like that's, it's, it's a, to me, it's like a palpable energy. And it's funny because when I was in college, I didn't know it at the time. Um, but my, um, my roommate bought a house and we all lived together in this house. Um, and we, you know, had all these parties and stuff like that, but it was right across the street from, the circle K that Bill and Ted go to <laughs> in Tempe, Arizona. So the Bill and Ted circle K and it was, and, and I, I always tell people I didn't realize that. And they were like, well, you know, like, didn't, 
you know, didn't you notice that they had a Bill and Ted poster like hanging up in the Circle K? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but like, shouldn't all Circle Ks just have a Bill and Ted poster? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I just assumed that was the thing that they were required to be on brand. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, that's that's the thing here. See, like, there's not really a lot of places you can go. Oh, they made this movie. And now we've got Thor Ragnarok for Brisbane. I guess we can be like, yeah. I know where that place is. We're <laughs> 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 we'll just stand on the corner. Like they shot here for three days, and it's about forty-five seconds of film. But anyway. But uh, I, I think the first movie holds up really well. Like I think all the um, the the historical figures, like obviously you you have that barroom brawl and with Billy the Kid and stuff, and and all you know. I just love like what I win, I keep, you know, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But but then when they're quoting like Kansas uh, lyrics to so Socrates good. and dust um, wind, yeah, dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> But I love how they rec- the, the montage of them like recruiting everyone at the end, or not at the end, but at the end of their sort of time travel session or whatever, where they get Beethoven and Abraham Lincoln and Genghis Khan and all those guys, like Joan of Arc. I think like it, it works really well, and like the montage in the mall where they're all just running nuts, like that's that might be one of the most fun sequences in any of the '80s movies, really. I think, like, yeah. Genghis Khan and his sporting goods rampage just going berserk. It's pretty cool. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Napoleon still steals the show, though, I think. Like, yeah. He's, like, this strategic, his, like, mind from history type of thing. <laughs> he's having to deal with all this Californian <laughs> shit. I'm just yeah. like, what the fuck? And, like, him just losing it at the bowling where he's like, shit, shit, yeah. shit, shit. Like, I still crack up with that. <laughs> And then Ted's little brother just ditches him too. Ted's little brother, who's a player, by the way, like he's just hanging out with these girls. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Hey. It's him and like three chicks. Yeah, yeah. He's like, um, and he plays baseball too. He's like, he's like sort of the proto uh, Wiley Wiggins from Dazed and Confused, you know? <laughs> yeah. Ninety-five percent <laughs> less nose touching. Right. You <laughs> <laughs> might get like one in there. Yeah, uh, we have to cover. Days and confused one day just to yeah, see how it holds up. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. I don't know. I, I follow Wiley Wiggins on Twitter, and I think his profile uh, bio is still just: uh, if you ask me to touch my nose, I punch your face. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I love um, Abraham Lincoln as well. I must say, oh, it's yeah. still it's still a crack up at the end. Please, like, what are you on, dudes? <laughs> just lose it <laughs> when they're in the police station and he's like he's like telling the officer how to spell lincoln yeah <laughs> just yeah. like the throwaway joke that like lincoln is like a weird name and that you might like you might not know how to spell it because it is <laughs> like there's a yeah, lot of extra right. letters yeah. in there yeah it's like you know, oh it wasn't yeah, it wasn't oh, until Ellie. it wasn't until lincoln park came around that lincoln was spelled phonetically <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's. I think this, the first one still holds up pretty well. Um, yeah, just well, just that, as a as a comedy, as an adventure movie, just as like a buddy movie, like it's it's good. And I think the fact that, like you said, they never sort of split uh, Bill and Ted up. Like they're always together. You don't sort of. Well, there's a couple of little moments here and there, but they're together for like ninety five percent of the movie, and and there's no sort of like oh they've now they hate each other and now they've got to be friends again and all this. It's like, no, they're just, they're solid. So 
it really makes you like watch the movie being like, oh, this is why they're so upset at not being able to be friends anymore because it's like they do everything together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And their friendship, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's, I guess maybe it's never really put to the test. I don't know. Like Ted, Ted kind of like gently ribs Bill about, you know, his hot stepmom Missy. (laughs) And (laughs) That's that's a whole thing. That's that's like that's one of those things that like rewatching it as an adult. That's even creepier, <laughs> like yeah. than than. Like it was clear to me that that was really weird. Like when I when I was a kid, um, and then Bill gets that great joke, and then you know at the end with Sigmund Freud about how like oh, I just have a slight Oedipal complex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is his stepmother, so yeah. Not like... <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's not going to be on Pornhub anytime soon, but yeah. <laughs> No, that's that's all that's on there these days, man. It's... <laughs> but the yeah, I think like the like Alex Winter and County Reeves, like obviously their like their chemistry is really good, and yeah, it's it's. I don't think I ever saw uh, County Reeves in anything before this, um, or I wasn't aware of it. Maybe like I might have. I can't remember because. Like, I know Parenthood came around the same time, but I remember seeing that as a kid as well. And if I'd seen it before Bill and Ted, I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't watching going like, oh, that's the guy he's in, he's in Parenthood as well, you know. Um, it's probably yeah. The other. yeah, if you went all the way back, man. It's like, no, Parenthood actually came out like the same year, I guess, but it's listed as later on IMDb. Okay. Yeah. Because so, like any as a kid, like any sort of Steve Martin movie that came out, we pretty much saw it. Oh, yeah. Like my mom was a fan of of the earlier Steve Martin movies, like The Jerk and The Man with Two Brains and stuff like that. So I had seen them as like a, a young kid, and then um, you know Three Amigos and My Blue Heaven and and um, well, it's not a Steve Martin movie, but he's in it. Like Little Shop of Horrors, it's fucking great. Yeah. Um, so anything like that. So like Parenthood was like, oh, a Steve Martin movie. It looks pretty funny. So there, uh, there was there was one movie. Keanu Reeves, movie. <laughs> Keanu Reeves in 1986 did like a made-for-TV remake of Babes in Toyland starring Drew Barrymore. Wow. <laughs> and like the reason that I have seen this movie a bunch of times is because um, here in the U.S., every once in a while, McDonald's would sell VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. And it was, and they were like super cheap. It was like, like, you know, $5 with your extra value meal, you'd get like a, you know, some family friendly, like holiday movie on, on VHS. And for some reason, this version of Babes in Toyland was one of those movies. Yeah. Um, and they were, and you know, Wayne's World was one of them. Like a lot of them were like more popular movies and stuff that like, you know, became some of like these, these formative classic movies for me. Um, but then there was also this Babes in Toyland and, and uh, Keanu Reeves is, is in it, you know, and he's got that same just very much the same kind of like energy and physicality that he brings to Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. You know, there's that kind of goofball, like, um, uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm just making like emulating his arm movements here, you know, <laughs> doing oh, yeah, the yeah. party <laughs> on dudes. Like, yeah. yeah, I think that was, yeah, that was, I must've seen this one first, I think, but, but then, yeah, so this, yeah. and then obviously a story of in parenthood, which also with, um, Joaquin Phoenix, <laughs> yeah, as <laughs> a little kid. Um, but he, and then yeah, in a bunch of stuff. It's it looks like, but it's you know mm. it's stuff that you hadn't really heard of for the most part. And but then, then uh, uh, 
what's the name hit and he sort of took off i think um point broke once that came out yeah that was pretty huge so well but like it's everyone still... saw that down here i remember like everyone had seen it so it it felt like i i don't know like he he did he did my own private idaho and he did kind of well he was in dracula he he never really went away but then a couple years later when he was in speed all of a sudden it was like oh who's this guy like he's a huge star now you know like like people acted like they were kind of discovering him for the first time even though yeah i do remember that i remember speed being a big deal cuz that was in my like well grade 12 for me yeah. so well, like that's like senior year i guess what you guys call it but so it was you know that was a big deal you know but we're all like he's you know he's in when point break he's already been making yeah. movies and like bill and ted and both bill and ted's have been out by then so um so yeah it was it was sort of i don't know and then once the matrix hit then it was sort of yeah. that was another level i guess then it was like keanu reeves like megastar type of thing as opposed to um i don't know just that popular actor you know but he's he's done a, like if you just look through his his resume it's it's kind of an impressive like you know he's he's done so many different types of roles he kind of had like a romantic comedy phase after the matrix you know or like or these yeah. these sort of more dramatic dramatic romance stories like uh, the, the lake, lake house, house and yeah. stuff like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i saw the yeah. lake house and i still don't understand how that worked exactly like they, so like so, somehow he doesn't die even though he's supposed to be dead no, um, lake house spoilers <laughs> that's all right <laughs> even just in the trailer though i was like why whichever one of them's in the future or the, yeah. the present why don't they just send a letter if it goes back in time why don't they just send a letter back in time and be like all right meet me here okay like it'll be 10 years or whatever for for one of them but it'll be a day for the next for the other one it's like i don't know I think it's. I think it's also. It's also sort of like, hey, meet me here, but also like, don't die. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's the, you got to give him the Doc Brown letter. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he he. It's weird because Keanu Reeves, you think, oh, he's in a couple of things, but he's in like this. He's not in a a lot, but the stuff he's in. Yeah. You remember it? It's obviously like Bill and Ted, Speed, The Matrix. Now he's John Wick. You know. Yeah. Um, he was in Dracula, you know, he was in the latest Toy Story, all that kind of stuff. Like, so, like, he hasn't got a lot of stuff, but but it's not like he's but not it, in well, like... Well, but it is, though. It is. I mean, it is a lot of stuff, though. You go back and you go back and look and just, like... And, and the fact that there's also so many of these movies, like, he's in The Gift, you know, and he plays this... He's Doesn't he play like a complete asshole in that movie? The, uh, have, you, have you seen it? I think it's a Sam Raimi movie with. Um, oh no, I know the one. Yeah, yeah, I remember looking up to see if the car was in it, and it is. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's every Sam Raimi movie has right. either Bruce Campbell and or that car, and sometimes both. So. I, I don't know if they're both in that movie, but is is that the car? I think like Katie Holmes might get killed in the car or something like that. The car, yeah. yeah, the car is definitely in it. But the cars, the cars in there. Um, yeah, but it's got Kate Blanchett. Like it's a, it's good. It's it's uh, yeah. Sam Raimi's not gonna let you down. Like it, all of his stuff. Like it's a little bit better, I think, than almost any of it gets credit for. Yeah. Um. I think I think uh, Keanu got a bit sort of like he he did a couple of movies there where it was like oh fuck that was pretty bad. Like Johnny Mnemonic and and what was that other one? They did the remake of the Day the Earth Stood Still and things like that where it was like. Eh. It's not, you know, he sort of was becoming that 
He's that guy that's in the shitty movies. Uh, Constantine wasn't that good I, either. I like, liked Con- I thought Constantine was good. Yeah. But okay. like full disclosure, I I had just watched like Exorcist at the beginning. And then like and and then it was like that same summer and then watched Constantine like a month later and I was like I was like, Oh, like the whole Exorcist at the beginning happens in like the first five minutes of Constantine and they do it better. Like this movie's good. <laughs> it's like it really needed to be a ten minute movie. Yeah. Yeah, it really it really did. <laughs> <laughs> um and then he became a meme too like sad keanu was just uh oh yeah that's um, right just, but but you know he actually had some some kind of tragic stuff happen personally oh, where, yeah. like, it's, like it's, it's, yeah. it's weird to you know he was he was sad before ben affleck was sad yeah yeah not just over like a movie but performing poorly it's like no he had some <laughs> proper shit going on yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah, um, but then I like I don't I don't really know I haven't seen a whole lot of like Alex Winter's stuff I guess he was in um, he had been in the Lost Boys before Bill and Ted right Yeah, yeah, but that was again I think I had seen I had seen Lost Boys before Bill and Ted but I, again when Bill and Ted came out I wasn't like oh he's that guy in the Lost Boys for two minutes you know <laughs> or like one of the background gang member vampires you know but. Because that movie's all about, you know, the Corys. So, yeah. um, and Kiefer Sutherland, you know. So, yeah, you know, I was like, okay. And then I think, remember when I went back to watch Lost Boys again, it was like, oh, there's Bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because, like, that's what Bill would be if he was a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the same, really. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I like that movie. Uh, I still think uh, I haven't seen it for a long time, but I always liked The Lost Boys. So another uh, Joel Schumacher movie of all things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boys in a Cave. Joel Schumacher. <laughs> yeah, you could describe the, his Batman movies that way too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> Boys in a Cave. Oh man! So Bill and Ted's bogus journey came out a couple years later. The Joel Schumacher story. (laughs) Damn it, Greg! I'm trying to pivot here. (laughs) Speaking of segways, yeah. (laughs) Let's just ride our uh, electric scooter into uh, 1991 Uh, (laughs) time travel um, to Bill and Ted's bogus journey. I remember seeing it at the drive-in movies, which uh, which are 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 making a comeback now, (laughs) thanks to COVID. But yeah, I remember seeing it at the drive-in movies, and for me, like as a as a kid, like I was not on board with very much of this. Like they they went in a in a pretty different direction from the kind of you know like fun loving like you know party on adventures of the first movie into something that was like a lot a lot darker and a lot more sinister and a lot weirder than uh, what we got the first time around. See, I love the I love the second movie when it came out. I was like, "This is fucking great! I love it." So, and 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 back then for a while, like if I was going to put one on to watch, like if I had it taped off TV or whatever, I would watch the second one. Like it was, I think, it, I I don't know if I ever thought it was better than than Excellent Adventure, but I would watch it more often. Um, and then I think as you sort of. Uh, over the years, like watch them again and stuff like that. Like the first one's clearly a better movie, but 
yeah, the second one, I don't know, it just might have just hit at the right time for me. It was pretty, oh, I liked the second one. <laughs> it's, it's now, I, I, I think I'm, I'm ready to admit that my, my biggest problem with Bogus Journey when it came out is just that I was nine. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a little tougher to swallow all that when you're nine. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah. I really, I really did not like. Um, uh, for some reason, like I had a real aversion to like people like peeling skin off their faces and like popping their eyeballs out and stuff like that. And so when the robots were doing that stuff, even though they're robots and it's not gory at all, it's still like really gross to me out. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Very, very hard to watch stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, but going going back and rewatching it now, it's it's become it's become like a very popular kind of. Uh, Twitter hot take to say that Bogus Journey is the better of the movies. Man, oh, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't say yeah. that. But as a, as a, like when it came out, I definitely enjoyed watching it more. But a lot of times as a kid, I think like if it was a newer movie, I would gravitate towards it as opposed to the older one. And then as, you know, like, oh, the second one's better. It's like, no, the second one's just newer. You've seen it less. Yeah. You know, like, so you know, I might've watched excellent adventure seven or eight times, you know, and so then bogus journey comes out and it's like, Oh, I'll watch that one. Cause you know, it's better. It's like, it's not better. It's just, you, you, there's more to see cause it's, it's new. So, um, but yeah, the first movie is definitely better, I think. So, but I, having said that, I still love the second one. I still think it's got like, it's completely crazy and weird and, but I like I like how it goes different. It's not the same thing. Like watching the first movie, you would never think like, oh, I bet in the second one they die and, <laughs> and right. go to hell. Like it's you know it's it's so off the wall. And they went as far as they were going to call it Bill and Ted Go to Hell. Like that was oh, that cool. was like the the working title of the movie. And then you know everybody was kind of like, no, it's like that's a little too a little too hard. Yeah, that'd be a bit much because even the first movie's not sort of like. Yeah. That title's not harsh, but it's too harsh for Bill and Ted. Right. Um, especially coming off the first movie. So. Yeah. Well, I like, I, think... I like how they called it Bogus Journey because it's the opposite of Excellent Adventure. Like, you know, they have an excellent yeah. adventure and then they have a bogus journey. Like, it's the same thing. So. And I think ultimately we probably don't like if they had if they had gone like the safer route with Bogus Journey and they had, you know, they had made something that was just like. Here's another time traveling adventure. Like I don't, I don't think we'd we'd be able to get a third movie like this this far in the future, right? Like it's it's the reason why like I think we're not getting a Wayne's World three because like the Wayne's World two was just a little a little too similar. Like it, you know, it feels a little unnecessary. What I Um, what I like doing now is if I rewatch Excellent Adventure with Rufus, who we didn't mention George Carlin before, who's, oh. I think he, he's not in it much, but I mean, he's a massive part of that movie. Like he, yeah, he, having a guy like him who was like, so like anti-authoritarian and anti-establishment and stuff like that with his, with his comedy and just sort of political views in general, like having him be the guy that comes back in time from this utopian place is, is like, I mean, obviously as a kid, you don't get any of that, but rewatching it like that it's so perfect because it's like you know he he comes from a, a a place where all the stuff that george carlin talks about is kind of happening so like it's perfect <laughs> for him and he's just a cool guy like it was it was great um it's and and that was i think i didn't really you know i didn't know who he was you know i wasn't familiar no, with I had no idea. comedy no. you know he, he he wasn't doing you know thomas the tank engine 
at that point in his career. <laughs> yeah, and like as a kid, I didn't know he was the guy. You know, the seven words you can't say on TV. I had no idea. Right, um, right. But when, especially but when, in Australia, like we didn't know anything about that. You know, like. Um, but I, I like to go back and watch the first movie and pretend that uh, George Carlin, like, oh, sorry, that Rufus knows all about the like dying and going to hell and the death and you know the Grim Reaper and stuff like that because all yeah. that stuff of like, oh well. The girls are in the band too, you know, like this sort of stuff. It's like, yeah, because he, he has the, to know it, right? Like he's, I mean, he is he's literally a, a professor of this stuff. We yeah. find out, um, right. and but but I think you know more more essentially, like he shows up and just kind of you know delivers this monologue and had me completely sold on the idea that that this utopian future is a is a real thing and can really be achieved, you know, through. Um, these couple guys and their music, right? Like that's the, the whole, just like the way, the way he looks, the way that he presents himself, the way that he talks and the things that he says, it, it, it all just comes together to, to completely sell this idea of this future. And the whole premise of the movie is rock solid from then on. Yeah. I just love that line at the end where he's like, even the dirt is clean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> But yeah, and like I, back... I love the the idea that that we uh, among all planets we measure ourselves based on like how many water slides we have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, right from the start too, like that tells you like in that movie where he's like, you know, we we have um, you know no pollution and everyone's there's no war and peace and all that. And it's like, and we have some of the best water slides. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, like it's it, even as a kid, it was like, all right, yeah, this is like a funny. Sort yeah. of stuff around movie, but yeah, like not to get back onto our, um, excellent adventure, but yeah, I just thought like um, I did want to mention him in that, but uh, yeah, I like I like the idea that Rufus is aware of all that stuff that's coming up for them with where they're going to meet, they're going to meet the Grim Reaper and they're going to go to heaven and back again and all that stuff. So it's pretty cool. And then. Yeah, but but uh, and bringing it back on Bogus Journey, Rufus, uh, he's you know he's he's still kind of the 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 framing device for the movie, right? Like we kind of still see him just at the beginning and the end. Um, yeah, but we we see a lot more of his future, where you know he's he's is he a professor at Bill and Ted University or something like that? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's um yeah because he he's he's yeah. the teacher because denomalous is the gym teacher he's like he used to be the gym teacher <laughs> what's the best part because denomalous walks in in the in the beginning anomalous denomalous this like you know is like the fascist resistance leader who wants like the future to to not be excellent uh you know he walks in and he's and he's like he's like rufus or he's like he says like it's like denomalous my old teacher and he's just like rufus my favorite student or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, whoa, like what is this relationship? You know, you got this Obi-Wan Darth Vader thing going on with these guys. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie is like, oh yeah, that guy was my gym teacher. <laughs> it's such an amazing way to throw. And like, you know, I, I don't know. It's, is it, is it a low hanging fruit to throw gym teachers under the bus? Um, I don't think uh, so. I, I think it's, I think it's fair game. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone reading, anyone that read the Walking Dead comics will be like, ah, I can think of someone else who was a gym teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. I, was, I don't know who you're talking about, but I have a guess. Yeah. 
if you think about it, look, let's look, it's not Rick. So who else would it be? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, so, and Carl wasn't old enough to be a gym teacher. No, so, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but but yeah. So. Um, and they and they and they they do go on this uh, this whole different kind of adventure and th- and this is where we get to meet um, you know after <laughs> recreating the scene from Star Trek with the evil robots Bill and Ted yeah. uh, we we get to meet uh, William Sadler as as the Grim Reaper what'd you think of him Oh, he steals the show like one hundred percent like he was as a kid it was like because he starts off and he's all scary you know like you must challenge me to a contest you know yeah. like all sweet shit and you're like oh okay like that's death you know and like it wasn't scary scary but he was intimidating as a character yeah. like he wasn't and by the end of it he's a complete goofball you know like he's doing his little rhymes and shit you know um <laughs> with with the uh you know the band and all that kind of stuff i think back in the day we would have called that rapping but but now we know better <laughs> Well, yeah, it was. Yeah, that's right. It was rap for the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Right. or early. It was white guy rap for the nineties. Right, yeah, <laughs> right. Early nineties white guy rap. Yeah, you might exactly be a king or a little street sweeper. Sooner or later, you dance with the reaper. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Run DMC and all those guys are just like, whatever. <laughs> was 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 this version of death was he supposed to be like uh like the seventh seal is that kind of what it's based on like, i think so yeah. yeah i think it isn't meant to be a bit like that where it's like you can challenge death and if you beat him in a contest you get to come back alive and stuff like that so which i think really works in the movie as well because all that sort of stuff you always like well when you're gonna fight him or you know, like a sword battle or stuff like that. And then Bill and Ted are like, oh, let's play Battleship and Twister <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, the little football game. I don't know yeah, what the, it's called. The, the I, I don't even know either, but the, yeah, the magnetic football yeah. game. Or... All that kind of shit. And just, that's, yeah, I think it's great. Like, they just, they well, they just ditch him at first as well. They just sort yeah. of like bail out on him or they give him a wedgie and then off they go but no it's a, it's a melvin very very dis- important very distinct oh. from a wedgie a... okay <laughs> <laughs> which but... i think i think a melvin is a front wedgie that was how i that was how i explained it to my son i <laughs> i'm not all the way sure right <laughs> yeah they just sort of bail out and then um i really enjoyed like uh bill and ted as like ghosts essentially walking around um san dimas i love how they just sort of painted them gray like i yeah. think that's really cool I like just got gray versions of their clothes like i think that's really clever so um and the whole thing with like the they go to the police station is just like i totally possessed my dad <laughs> <laughs> and his guitar the dad the dad's guitar where they do all the like excellent you know his guitar is like like a real clanky old yeah. um 50s guitar type of thing that's cool <laughs> yeah I, just, I thought that was really fun and then just the general yeah. like it played up on supernatural stuff but it sort of took the piss out of it a lot you know um but they, 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 accomplished, like they accomplished nothing by being ghosts either no like <laughs> and when when they have to they think oh well, we'll talk to missy and her friends at their like seance party and that like they act like ghosts because they're like, Ooh, like you know, <laughs> yeah. like, 
Bill and Ted were murdered. Like they just <laughs> they act like ghosts because they're like, well, they're just idiots. That's what they think ghosts would do. So yeah, it's pretty cool. And then, yeah, and then, but then Missy winds up being this key plot point. M- Missy, who has now left Bill's dad for Ted's dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which <laughs> it's just some some wildly creepy stuff from her. But but her uh, yeah her supernatural seance hobbies, I guess, have. Uh, um, come in handy as she's able to banish Bill and Ted to hell. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the hell was clever as well, where it was like, I think like nowadays there's probably a hundred things where it's like, Oh, he's trapped in his own personal hell and it's different for every person and that kind of stuff. But as a kid, oh. I don't think I've seen anything like that. It was like, it's actually, it's, it's really similar now that I think about it to the hell in the show preacher. Have you, have you watched any of that? I haven't yet. No, but yeah, uh, it's good. I've seen it, at least at least the first season. I think there's a we we see a version of hell where everybody's just kind of like confined in these rooms. It's like a prison, but but uh, with within those rooms is sort of a machine that kind of like just makes you relive like the worst day of your life. Uh, yeah. And so this so the 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 main character in Preacher, his name is Jesse. He banishes this kid Eugene to hell. Eugene's not. Su- supposed to be there but he's in there and he's in there with hitler and all these other terrible people oh. <laughs> yeah i just uh, i like i like the idea of it and then of course because it's bill and ted it's like ridiculous like he has yeah. to give his grandma a kiss and and you know um obviously the military school thing was was brought back where it's like I, well that was his greatest I, fear you know i just want to say like the, the like whatever's going on with the military school thing with 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 colonel oats like that like that guy is not like yeah he's not on the up and up there's something there's something weird going on with with him and the and the young man at his school i think that uh, <laughs> like that the movie was definitely like intoning some some uh pretty inappropriate stuff yeah, I, I I love the sets too for that. Like because it's meant to be sort of hell and this weird, abstract kind of thing. Like the sets are all, um, like they're not in the right proportions and stuff. You know, oh, like those, the, the the low ceilings. Like they they very much give me like a feeling of claustrophobia as they're trying to run yeah, through there and escape. It's really fears. good. Like and that's the thing. You're meant to be uneasy about it. You know, like it's it's good. I love how they did that. And um, just like the um, the the in the military school like they're in the bunks type of thing like in the whatever like the barracks or the bunks and they've got the the spotlights hanging down obviously um but instead of being like a spotlight it's just like a painted green circle on the ground you know like meant to be the light and it it looks really good it's sort of like a cartoon almost but you know but it's it's sort of this off-putting it's all sort of like subconsciously off-putting like you said so and then yeah the colonel oates dude is a bit of a fucking yeah. Weirdo. So. Real, real, real creep. Yeah. And then and then Alex Winter plays his own grandmother. He seems to be having a lot of fun there too. <laughs> yeah. She's I just gross. <laughs> a little mustache happening. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it makes me feel good about the relationship that my kids have with their grandparents. They're very uh you know, they're they're they're, they're very close and not at all creeped out by each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do like that um Colonel Oates also is like the senator or the the whatever he's meant to be in um, the last Boy Scout uh, gets the gets hit in the face by the football at the end. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that movie or not, but they're like, get no. down, like they're going to shoot you. And he's like, Damon Wayans is like, give me the fucking ball. And he like throws his perfect quarterback <laughs> pitch and like smacks him in the face. So he doesn't, he falls down so he doesn't get shot. 
And then, of course, he's like a dick, so he's getting up. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, that's kind of loads. He's gone from military school to being a senator or a governor or whatever he's meant to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the, the hell stuff. And even with the devil, you know, like that was, that was cool. Um, right. So yeah, that's that, Frank, that... Frank Welker again as well. Look at all the voice oh. of a thousand characters, but yeah. doing his uh, Dr. Claw slash, you know, devil yeah. voice. Pretty cool. Yeah. And that's, um, that, that scene kind of calls back to the first movie too, where like, Anytime Bill and Ted encounter like this sort of heavy metal imagery that they like, they get really excited about it, even though it's not a good situation for them. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, right, so, yeah. so as much as it's like put them in the Iron Maiden, then they when they arrive in hell, they're like <laughs> they see they see these these rocks and chains and all this like real metal looking stuff and they're pretty stoked about it. Yeah. But then they get sent <laughs> to the real hell and it's not like that at all and it sucks. <laughs> I like that as well. It's like, oh, if we die, if I die, you can have my Megadeth collection. It's like <laughs> Well, we already are dead. It's like, oh, well, then you're, they're yours, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and they're falling as well when they're just falling forever. Yeah. Um, I like that. It's like, you want to play 20 questions? All right. <laughs> are you a tank? Yeah. <laughs> just stupid shit like that. It's like, it, it takes the time to just have like comedy moments to the movie as opposed to a lot of movies nowadays where it's meant to be a comedy adventure like, all the jokes have to be told on the run or in between scenes, like from point A to point B. Like this movie is like, it does that, but it also just pauses for a bit to just be like, okay, here's just like a funny scene. Like a bit like um, uh, Princess Bride, you know? Yeah. Same yeah, these, thing. These moments where yeah. it's just, it's just uh, the, the characters get to just be themselves for a minute. You know, they don't yeah, have to it's like this is just an entertaining sort of part of the movie before we move on to the next part, which, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the next part is that they, they somehow managed to beat death at all these stupid games. And I was, I was trying to figure out why, and and is, is the reason why that they just choose these like games of chance, basically like, I think it's because he's never had to do it before. That's what I always took it from. Because everybody's trying to like play, like because people either just don't challenge him or they want to play chess or something like that, you know, or... Yeah, they want to play chess or they want to play like, they want to fight, you know, like a sword battle or something and it's like, he's death. Like, you're not going to kill him. You can't can't kill him. You can't defeat him that way and you can't... uh... Like, no one's going to play. Let's play Battleship. (laughs) 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 And like, so all the stuff that everybody like that like intellectuals and scholars and great warriors and all this kind of stuff they're all the people that would challenge death right well yeah. bill and ted are the exact opposite of that and so like we said they challenge him at like electric football and twister and then and so they win you know yeah. <laughs> and just death i love all that like oh, best two out of three all that sort of stuff you know? <laughs> just keep they just keep beating them yeah if they do a remake, if they ever do a remake, they would have to. I could see like Tommy Wiseau or whatever as death. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> just it's that same kind of like what accent is that? Oh, oh hi, Bill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> you did not sink my battleship. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. But yeah, I, I think. Uh, that was 
Yeah, William Sadler, I think he stole the show. He really, that, he really did. Sure. Especially because you see him in like a real movie or like a, a where he's like the villain in Die Hard Two, and he's like completely serious and threatening and you know villainous and stuff. Like it's 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 yeah. And then he's in um like Shawshank, and yeah, he's like this criminal guy, but he's like this lovable kind of you know laid back sort of guy and it's like yeah like this is he's a this is what acting is kids you know so yeah. you gotta be believable in different roles not just oh he's the he's that guy so but yeah um i, I really liked the whole like climax of bogus journey as well with the battle of the bands and stuff are we gonna, are we gonna just skip skip over the heaven part that part really i thought was less like less memorable i feel like Oh yeah, yeah. Like just, just like like hell, because hell was just so well done. Then they get to heaven, and heaven's kind of, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like yeah, I I it is sort of a bit not boring, but it's just like all right, yeah. they're there, okay, great. Like it's, yeah, like it's I guess it's, it's just it's they cute, need to go there to get yeah. station. So. That doesn't have anything original about it, except except for station, which like I still it, even like even now it's like what what the heck was that? <laughs> they're supposed to be. Yeah. They're supposed to be Martians, but also the guys who sort of invented the technology that kind of powers the whole future, including the phone booth. I think is that is that your uh, interpretation of what of what station is? Um, I always thought they just said like the, the the we need the universe's best scientist and stuff like that. And then yeah, uh, I do like it. What Death says to him, like, you know, what do you think the the universe's greatest scientist would be from Earth? Like, so <laughs> I guess yeah. Um, but it does seem a bit of a left turn out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like, oh, and there's a like, but I mean, I guess it, it is fitting with the movie where it's like, well, yeah. we've got a heaven and hell, and there's the Easter Bunny and the yeah. Grim Reaper. It's like, well, we've got aliens. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna pick up some like gross Muppet aliens and then. Yeah, I never really thought the... about it before though, being that they they sort their stuff sort of is the basis of all the tech from the future, but I. Um, well, I guess now, like the, now that you say that, it makes sense because he makes like the good he makes the good robot uses. So yeah. are they like the prototypes for the evil uses? You know, but like, you know, we see also station as a way that they greet each other in the future, right? Like it's a it yeah, clearly like they they sort of held in, in high regard as they say station to one another, like yeah, which yeah. is a good little foreshadowing, I guess, sort of yeah, because because uh, what's his name says it at the start. Um, uh, the Faith No More guitarist guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, is it Anomalous? No, no, the, the, the James, James Martin from, um, I think that's his name, from Faith No More. You know how they're like, oh, and today oh. we brought these people from, you know, from oh, yeah, 16th right. century, blah, 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 yeah. and they're from Faith No More. <laughs> James Martin, yeah. That was great. Yeah. Although at that point he'd be like, oh, I'm not in Faith No More anymore. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> but they got him from a point in time where he was so yeah 1988 or whatever so. well but he had been he had been knighted at that point he was he was sir james martin and <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> yeah so i don't know uh, frank, I, yeah, I think frank they, Walker they, does uh yeah. the voice of station as well which i thought was funny they just got him to do everything <laughs> of course yeah I mean, he's the guy who does. Have you seen the video of him like roaring in The Lion King? I think I probably talk about this all the time. Yeah. Frank, <laughs> I, I didn't even know Frank Welker was in this movie, but of course he is. <laughs> like, he's in every movie. He's in yeah. everything. Gremlins. Still, yeah. yeah. 
He's turtles just a... two, like every anything that's got a monster or a voice or something. Yeah. Yeah. Unstoppable. And he was and he most recently Scooby Doo of uh, of all well, things. Well he's been Scooby Doo from the start. He's oh, was um, he? he's ready from the very start. Like that's his like his normal voice. But he's he wasn't been... always he wasn't always Scooby, right? Uh no, but he was he was Freddy from the from the start. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 weird. Yeah, that's his... I... Yeah. That's like his more sort of normal voice. Like it's like Seth uh, MacFarlane being Brian, you know, like it's Welker is is Freddy. His voice is just sort of normally a bit like that. So hmm. Especially back in the 60s or whatever when they yeah. started doing it, or the 70s. So. He probably says, hey, gang, all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if he's talking to anybody. <laughs> yeah, let's go for a ride in my van. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I agree, though. I think the heaven part sort of, it's a bit like, oh, yeah, whatever. But, like, I felt that way a little bit in, in the Excellent Adventure, too, where they actually go to the future and they're like, oh, it's you, and they just sort of, standing there like with the talking to Clarence Clemens and stuff like for five seconds and then they leave. It's like, yeah, that sort of slows the movie right down a bit. It's true, but um, it had, it had that really cool moment where they, where they say like, be excellent to each other. You know, that, that kind of, so the scene winds up being iconic, even though, yeah, the future itself, like it, it looks like, it looks like kind of a weird dark cave, you know, like they could be like underground or something like that. The earth could be a wasteland you know, in that, in that original future that we see. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I feel that they sort of, I don't know, they did, they needed someone to, from heaven to help them with that. And they were like, well, we'll make it an alien and whatever. Yeah. And like, but then it moves pretty quick from there where they just sort of, they build the robot, uh, uh, the good sense. robot uses, which are great. <laughs> I love their designs. Um, and then, yeah, the whole battle of the bands thing, which is cool. And just and them like sort of running through a hardware store with that motley crew kind of uh, uh, harkens back to the mall scene, I guess, from the first movie as well. Yeah, yeah. People like people react, but not the way they should as well, which I right. find is is consistent yeah. with the first movie, where people are sort of like, "Who's this guy?" Like, you know, Genghis Khan. Like, all right, like <laughs> people accept it pretty easily. So yeah. whereas you got the Grim Reaper walking through the hardware store with these two little aliens and people are just sort of like, what? Like they're looking at him strange, but not like, ah, right. you know, they're running away and screaming. So. Even now it's like, I, I watched the first Bill and Ted and wonder like, why did they arrest Beethoven? Like he was just like rocking out. Like everybody was into it. Like, yeah. you know, public disturbance. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so. I think he just got profiled like with all these other historical figures. Yeah. Like oh, all these people from the past have got to all get rounded up now. It's they got to go. Well, he had to crank it up. He couldn't hear it. So. <laughs> That's a good point. It was, he was playing too loud. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the joke in that as well. It's like how do they sneak up on Beethoven when everyone else is looking at the like bang bang, you know, the, the yeah. lightning and shit. It's like well, he doesn't hear it. <laughs> yeah, they just they pick up the piano bench and just carry him out, right? Like yeah, because <laughs> he doesn't know they're there. He didn't hear them. Yeah, <laughs> fucking deaf. <laughs> Uh, I, I I think that I really like as well the whole um, the way they play with time travel but not until the end of each movie where it's like okay so after we win we need to go back in time and like put the keys here you know and all that shit it's like yeah. alright well we have to remember to do it or it won't happen it's like but it did happen 
<laughs> like all that shit where it's just clever. It's like, okay. And then like, what do we do? It's like, remember the trash can. <laughs> yeah. Like it just falls out of this. Like, yeah. It's like, cause it, it, it's sort of almost like, not like back to the future where you sort of live one timeline, then travel back and change it and live the second one type of thing. Like there is no, it's sort of that paradox thing where there is no first timeline. There's only the timeline and so shit like that. It's like, well, how did the keys get there? It's like, well, where are, where are Bill, uh, where are Ted's dad's keys? It's like, well, they're missing because Bill and Ted stole them, yeah. but it's Bill and Ted from the future. So, and if you like think it's that. a throwaway thing in the beginning of the movie when he's like, "Where's did you steal my keys?" and Ted's like, "Why? Why would I steal your keys?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what he says. You did steal your keys, your dad's keys, <laughs> yeah. dude. Oh yeah. And then they do that again in the end of the of Bogus Journey as well. With yeah. the, um, well, and for and for like a second, like Denomalous like turns it around on him because he's like, "I'm gonna go back too, and I'm gonna give myself a gun." And he, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, you know, for a second there, it looks like he's gonna yeah. win, and then. Bill and Ted remind us that like you don't get to go back in time because we win. <laughs> so we'd like yeah, we just that's right. Yeah. We set up the cage, we set up the gun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's all pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, I like I like the ending of it too. And like it, to get into the not to sort of jump ahead into face the music, but I always assumed that like the song that they play at the end, like not the kiss song, because <laughs> Even as a kid, like my friends were like, "Oh, so what?" The the big Bill and Ted song that they play to like create save the universe and the harmony and stuff is just a Kiss song, and it's like, no, like we're hearing the Kiss song. It's meant to be like a montage. Like you don't hear yeah. the song that they play. You just hear the Kiss song, as in like this is the montage over the top. You don't actually hear the song that they're playing because then it's like tough because you, how do you ever measure up to saying like, this is the best song ever, you know? Um, yeah. But at the end of that, they sort of rock out and it, I always thought like that was, that was it. Like they had no, oh, we still haven't written the song that, that um, unites the world. It's like, but you played it live on TV. What are you talking about? Like, and the satellite set up yeah. so that everywhere, like people in England and, and they're everywhere are watching the, the Battle of the Bands. So, I don't know. Third one sort of retcons quite a bit, I think. It's yeah, because he does he does do that thing where like because the the whole premise of the the evil robot Bill and Ted's and they're the evil robot Bill and Ted's are pretty entertaining too. Like as as far oh, as yeah. the stupid stuff they they do kind of like they they, they cross a line a couple times into being like a little rapey. <laughs> Oh yeah, like nobody, <laughs> nobody likes a rapey robot. But um, and well, and, and I mean, it's it's one of a handful of things in the movie that don't that really don't age well. Um, but but for the most part, they're they're pretty funny and entertaining. And and Denomalous hates them as much as he hates the regular Bill and Ted's. But they have to act enough like Bill and Ted to be able to convince people, I guess, to convince the whole world that they're the real Bill and Ted. Um, because his his plan is not just to kill them, but also has to like destroy their legacy by discrediting them in front of everybody. You know, and making them like these murderers and not uh, not rock stars. Yeah, it's that old Batman. It's that old Batman villain like motivation. It's like we can't just kill Batman. We have to right. like ruin his reputation and make people think he's a criminal first, and that kind of thing. It's like he could just shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> like that would work too. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, it, it's weird. Like I think the the 
the second one to me, it's sort of it it does it. and even the montage at the end, it's like, well, here's you know they they play this place and then they play this place and you know they mention like the the gig in the Grand Canyon and then they go to Mars and all that kind of shit. Like it was just sort of like, all right, that's you know, yeah. But then they yeah the. I mean, they talked about doing a third one forever, and I never thought that would it would ever happen. But they did it. So yeah, they've, it's well, it has been. It's already been years where they've been working on this, like this third movie, and it took them so long just to get it greenlit. And um, you'd almost could have expected this to be like a you know one of those movies that starts on a Kickstarter or something like that. You know, where yeah. they just ask fans like yeah. like Veronica Mars did. Well, yeah, um, <laughs> um, yeah, but but. Uh, but this, yeah, they they actually like were able to get this kind of made like through the your more traditional channels and and um, and it, I mean, it, it it turned out just delightful. Like it was even it's they I think did a good job, even though they, there was so much retconning with the ending of Bogus Journey. They still like like all that stuff still happened. It just it's just none of it was the thing that that saves the future the way it was meant to. Yeah, I don't think it like it doesn't necessarily undo it, but it's just like oh no, that's not what you thought it was type of thing. So even yeah. the like little Bill and little Ted, like it was like oh all right, they're girls, okay. Yeah, you know. But but even like, even so, like we you know we get that their names are are, are Thea and Billy, and that and that uh, you know everybody yeah. when they were little just called them little Bill and little Ted, and yeah, and, and, they, and they've in- grown up that way. They've they've very much grown up to be a lot like their dads. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and there's nothing in the first in the in one the first one in Bogus Journey where they say this is my son, little Bill. They just right. say this is little Bill, this, this is little, little Ted. Yeah. It's like all right, whatever. So that's fine. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Um, I felt that the girl playing Ted's daughter was like did a really good job. Um, yeah, because she was I very guess... much like young Keanu Reeves in in the first movie, just like yeah. mannerisms and they sort of cut her hair a bit the same and that. Like I thought she was good. I should um, I should mention Bridget, Bridget Lundy Payne uses they them pronouns, um, which, oh, okay, which, I found, right. which I found out from the Comic Con panel, well, um, and and got to see like Kevin Smith reacting to her telling or, I'm sorry to, to, to them, saying, <laughs> it's a we're all learning, it's, yeah, but, but, all right. yeah, yeah, um, but uh, yeah, in this anyway, um, but yeah, Kevin Smith did host that panel, which was also kind of cool, um, mm. even though we, Samara we Weaving were, though. Yes, um, uh, Mara uh, Weaving was was uh, uh, Bill's daughter, and um, I didn't know she was Australian until I'd seen her in um, the Evil Dead show that they did a few years ago, where it was like Ash versus Evil Dead with you know Bruce Campbell and all that. And they brought it back. She was in that. For a few I still haven't seen all those. Yeah, oh, that's good. It's a good show. I, even, well, I mean, it's a terrible show, but it's yeah. good because Evil Dead was always terrible. You know, yeah. like. It's, it's it's a good representation of it. So, um, but yeah, she was in that for a few episodes where they end up going to the cabin and they they run across sort of some more hikers and stuff. And she was in that for a, a couple episodes. Yeah. Um, well, she's she's uh, Hugo Weaving's daughter, isn't she? Uh, I don't know. I guess. Am, am I am I wrong yeah, about that? It makes sense, like another Australian. Oh no, he's he's sorry, he's her uncle, not oh, uh, not her daughter. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but but of of the, you know, weaving pedigree, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> She'll soon be making movies where her face is covered the entire time. Yeah. 
and 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 probably will end up in the uh, the Lord of the Rings show on Amazon. <laughs> oh God, yeah, she'll be the new Elrond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, we changed it just because. Yeah. yeah. But no, I thought, I thought um, in general, the characters that they brought in for Face the Music were pretty good. I mean, they replaced oh. the princesses again. Yeah, um, well, I, I didn't realize going from like one to two and watching those movies in like consecutive weeks, like I hadn't, it, it didn't really occur to me that they'd replaced the princesses the first time. No. Um, but but then actually I was just watching like a, a video interview with the original princesses from the first movie and they look really good. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's, I, I, I don't know. I, I face the music was a bit hit and miss for me. I thought like some of it, I thought, okay, yeah, this is, this is Bill and Ted. And then other parts of it, I was like, eh, this is, I don't know, falling into that category again of like, let's make a movie. Like, remember all this stuff that you used to love? Watch us, like, sort of change it and ruin it. Well, not ruin it, but, like, of course, like, Bill and Ted couldn't be responsible for it because we can't have, like, two middle-aged white guys accomplish anything of note because that's not politically, like, cool at the moment, you know? It's like, well, that's what the world is. Like, you don't have to change it. That so it's 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 weird because there's 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 that element of it right and and what 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 you're referring to is that it's it's the daughters who more or less make the song and that 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 saves reality that we see happening in the movie. But and to me, like when when they first showed the trailer where we saw the. Um, the the lady from the future um i i forgot her name oh kristen shaw no not Schell not, not not chris not kristen shaw the uh the the lady who was in charge in the future um, oh yeah 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 i can't think of a name yeah either, the, the, well she, she, she's, she's she's just in, she's just she's just, in she's just the, things yeah she's just the great leader that's uh that's that's the the, the, the character's name but holland mm-hmm. holland taylor is the actress and you've seen her in yeah a million <laughs> like she, she's like extremely familiar but i like i wouldn't um yeah, like I'm. I remember ah. from that Tia Leone show, whatever that was called, like years and years ago. Oh. I remember she was in that. Um, the Naked Truth was that the name, or was that a movie? That might have been it. Yeah. 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 That was a deep pull. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> and she was someone's mother in something. I can't remember now it's, as well. You get the sense that she's been like a lot of people's mother on a lot of TV shows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, but when she says in the trailer, the song written by Preston and Logan will be the song to unite the world, and it's like, oh okay, it's like wait, like like all like in in that moment, like I saw exactly what you know what was going to happen there. Yeah, and, see, I don't, I didn't remember that from the trailer, um, but I remember as soon as they said it in the movie, I was like, ah oh, okay, right, okay. But now then we're also spend ninety minutes waiting for it to happen, type of thing. Also, and yeah, they do say it really early in the movie. Although I like yeah. the fact that like she immediately puts Bill and Ted on the clock and they have like 70 something minutes to write the song. Yeah. <laughs> and so instead of instead of watching like the first movie, which, you know, they have an entire night or whatever to get their history project together. We're watching this unfold kind of in real time. <laughs> like everything's everything's yeah, happening on deadline. I thought, I thought that was kind of cool and also kind of funny. Like, like, like hey, seven minutes or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> like the clock is just the runtime of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> 
Which, yeah. anyway, I mean, if you want to, if you want to go through it, like you, 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 you run through it, and I'll just comment, obviously. But like, um, sure. Well, yeah, the movie. We'll go through what I, yeah, what I liked yeah. and didn't. I'll just sort of chime but in, obviously. The movie does start with with like Billy and Thea doing kind of a voiceover narration where where they open by saying, "This is the story of our most excellent dads," and I don't know. I hope somebody tells my story that way someday, Craig. <laughs> that's. <laughs> I feel like that's the best I've got. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, when when someone makes Derek and Tim eat snacks, the documentary. Uh, <laughs> Derek and Tim face the music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but and then from there, uh, you know, from there we get we get just a little bit of a history lesson on on Bill and Ted and what we're up to, and then we 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 open and and this, this it's a phenomenal gag the fact that Missy is now marrying Ted's little brother Deacon. <laughs> That was funny. Yeah. And they brought in they brought in Beck Bennett from Saturday Night Live to, to to play him in like the absolute creepiest way possible. Which <laughs> yeah. so is that not the same guy? Is that not Deacon from years ago? No, I don't know. no, it's not. It's not the same kid. No, like okay. like Beck Bennett. He's he was in like some pretty funny AT and T commercials where he was like he was like doing focus groups with like kindergartners, and then um okay. and he's he's been on on SNL for a while now where he'll play people like I think he's Mike Pence and he's Vladimir Putin and. Uh, <laughs> Um, but 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 I've yeah I've been a fan of his for a while and then to to have him show up in this capacity and just like the things and 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 of course they they brought back Amy Stock the original Missy like it's it's just her yeah. and and um, <laughs> and and pairing those two together and having like he says something like later in the movie where he calls her Kissy Missy and she's like don't call me that your dad used to call me that and he's just like wear it babe. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so dirty. It's so bad. <laughs> and, yeah, I wasn't and, sure because I thought, oh, he kind of looks enough like him. Yeah. I was like, you know, I was like, oh, I guess I haven't seen him since, well, that I was aware of since, you know, Bogus Journey. So I was like, well, I guess they brought yeah, Missy going, back. So and the dad who's like about a thousand. Fuck. Going going all the way back, I'm gonna guess that that kid, that like that that original kid, his name was like Fraser Bain. Um, which like what 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 a name though yeah <laughs> like, but but he he kind of it's like I'm listening yeah. <laughs> now, it looks it looks like he's he's a producer on some reality stuff now produced a series called pornography um uh was a producer on last comic standing so like he's not completely out of the game um he just it seems like hasn't uh well, i mean child actors it's yeah, yeah. it's either um, go completely off the rails or yeah they um, become producers or, or talent agents or something like that. So yeah. So he has, he has Bale been, might be the only one that just had a regular career. <laughs> yeah. Um, casting director for Big Brother. So mm. it's so like yeah, I don't know. That's that's I guess. Yeah, for, that's a, fine. Yeah. for for a child actor, kind of best known for like that very small role in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Like that's a pretty good. Yeah, it's still successful. You know, he's, it's he's just working, not in, man. in a yeah. different field. That's all. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but, and then you get, I mean, you get produced by Fraser Bain and, and it's like, yeah, it looks cool. It just looks cool on your screen. Really awesome. He needs to yeah. produce like a bat, the next Batman movie. That's oh great. yeah. Get, yeah. Get him. Yeah. Fraser <laughs> Bain. That's yeah. They're going to, they're going to probably need somebody when Jeff Johns gets uh, fired. So <laughs> yeah. Ray Fisher takes the whole company down. <laughs> All of Warner brothers. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> I saw someone online being like, He's out here being like the real life cyborg, like he's hacking into the networks and taking shit down from the inside. 
it's ah, man it's it's just a it's it's a sad situation and i don't i don't like any of it you know i, I no. do i do think like it's important that we get to hear his story and and uh, oh, yeah, the, for sure the warner brothers at least makes an effort to save face but but like it's hard to expect anything to really come of it now and and you know i i, I would like to see ray fisher as cyborg again but we don't yeah you know that's 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 all in limbo too mm-hmm. um and yeah and I mean, certainly like this whole thing is not going to win him any points with Warner Brothers. <laughs> so, Shit, um, yeah. yeah, so it's that's pretty difficult. Uh, hey, but anyway, what Wild Stallions are up on the stage and as, as, as Bill and Ted are like explaining how their familiar relationships like interconnect now, which is still really damn funny. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> you know, to have to have like uh, uh, Hal Landon Jr., the original actor who played Ted's dad, like sitting there squirming the whole time is also great. Um and then they they launch into what they think is going to be their next song to save the world, and it's like I don't know about you, but I thought it was amazing. The the I, I liked it. I thought that opening. I thought it was quite strong. Yeah. Uh, in the opening, like with the yeah, just with like here's the song. We hope this is it. And he's got yeah. trumpet, and Bill's doing like the throat singing, and it was like, that was yeah. <laughs> throat singing. Ted's on the theremin, and then yeah. Bill kind of Bill Bill goes over to some steel drums, and like and the funny thing is, it's like it's not bad. <laughs> Yeah. I think like it's it's kind of it's 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 wrong for the moment like nobody at the wedding obviously wants to hear this or dance to it but like it's kind of cool in its own way i thought it, it was weird though to see bill and ted as like even though it was played for laughs like but it was weird to see them as like capable musicians like they just pick up an instrument and can play it it was like yeah i guess yeah. because they we saw them they went and did like they do their time travel thing at the end of Bogue's journey and do their like intensive 18 month, you know, guitar lessons and stuff. So and now it's 20 years after that. So it's like, well, I guess that it wasn't, wasn't anything I questioned. It was just, it was odd seeing them play and play quote unquote. Well, even though the song is meant to be terrible. They're sort of one of these bands who gets like, and there are a lot of bands like this where like they 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 become super famous for like a minute but like they never stop making music you know they 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 keep going and so of course they're going to be good at playing all these instruments i think like that's yeah. kind of a, a like at least a little bit of a testament to like you know what have the characters been doing this this whole time and like they've they've been working musicians you know like even even though they're they're what they're they're playing an elks lodge on dollar taco night or whatever like yeah they still, still have like yeah. 10 albums or whatever yeah it's just it just didn't take off the way that it was supposed to apparently according to uh rufus you know but then i guess one thing i'll give it whereas like i don't really like the way that it turned out but i will like to defend it i will say like rufus never says to them exactly when you know they're gonna play yeah. the song so you know it's not like oh they were supposed to have done it by now it's like well according to who like that's yeah. So I didn't have, but a also with I, that. I like, I like that it takes the piss out of the guys who've been complaining about the kiss song for 20 years. Yeah. Like <laughs> they, they even, I don't know if you saw Weezer did a video um, for, for their song that's on the soundtrack. And at the end of the video, like Alex winter and Keanu Reeves come up to him and they're like, are like, congratulations. We want you guys to open for wild stallions. There's just one thing. And <laughs> they're like, do you guys know any kiss songs? And rivers Cuomo is like, <laughs> Hell yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's the thing. Like I said, I never, I never, even as a kid, I never thought that they were meant to be playing the Kiss song. As in, like, right. that's the song. It was like, oh, no, this is just the music that we're hearing over the top. Yeah, so, but, but 
but at the same time, like I, I, you know, talking about myself being like, you know, I, I, I grew up as one of these gifted kids who was always told that, you know, oh, you're so special and you're so smart, you know, and all this stuff. And like, like for me, like it's, it's, it's very easy to identify with these like 50 something Bill and Ted's who never got to accomplish the special destiny that they thought they were going to have, you know? (laughs) Um, and, uh, you know, like, well, like it's, it's always been something that's been sort of like, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily scary to me, but, but never really wanted to be one of those people who were like, Oh, my greatest accomplishment is my kids. You know, like that kind of, that always rings kind of hollow in a lot of ways. Um, and, and in a lot of ways I feel like kind of unfairly puts pressure on your kids to like, you know, you got it. Not now you have to make me proud. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, because, because I couldn't, I couldn't do it myself. And, and that's not what Bill and Ted are doing here at all. You know, they're not like, um, they're just sort of, you know, letting their daughters be who they are, which is, which is kind of a product of just being their kids and being raised in this environment, you know, where like they get to just sort of spend their whole life, like learning everything about music and geeking out about music. And, and I, I, I really like the way that like, they make that relationship clear to us right off the bat, you know, when they, when they first kind of, you know, they, they meet up in the garage and, um, um, you know, they're, they're like giving their dad's notes on the new song. Yeah. (laughs) That was cool. I liked, like, I liked the kids. I liked the kids as characters, like how they just were like, um, students of all music, you know, and like, it just, I, I like that. I didn't have a drama with that, but yeah. Um, it's, well, and it comes in handy too because like they they're the ones who like really sell us on this idea. Like when they when they see like watching you know watching Jimi Hendrix play, but then like their reaction to it, like that makes it feel really special. You know, like mm-hmm. in that in that moment, like you kind of feel like you're really watching him, um, or or something. You know, like it really it 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 sells you on this idea, like the way that they react to to him, and and then you know they go back again and and get Louis Armstrong and stuff like this, like the um they're just kind of like like wide-eyed like like they're i think i think that they're old enough that they're not millennial or that they that they are technically millennials that they're not like z generation but i'm not sure because they're like mid 24 yeah maybe maybe they're not they're not millennials we can't i can't take credit for them i want i want them so bad to be like part of my generation Um, (laughs) because i'm not you know you know, yeah. I'm not, not, not quite Gen X like Bill and Ted either, but I'm, you know, I'm in the middle over here. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, you know, the, the way that like, you know, Thea pulls out the phone or no, Billy, it's hard to, the, the names are very hard to get straight because the one who's named Billy looks like Ted, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, so I'm going to, this is not the last time I'm going to probably do that in the show, but the, um, she uh, pulls out the phone and starts like filming Jimi Hendrix. And it seems like such a natural reaction uh, for someone that age to have. Yeah. It's a bit like now you see the YouTube videos of like, here's these two kids that have never heard Phil Collins before. And they're like listening to it. And then, yeah, you know, the, the drums kick in and Holy shit. You know, like they love it. It's like, yeah, it's great. You know, those, those kids are Which, great. I love those guys. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but yeah, I, don't know, I just thought it was a bit, like they oh we'll go back in time and we'll help our dads and, and stuff and like that's fine and like yeah Jimi Hendrix and I just felt it was like well who else 
like the the historical figures that they sort of bring forward this time almost felt a bit like the B team, like which is weird to say because obviously like Jimi Hendrix and Louis Armstrong, like yeah, those guys massive, massive like yeah. stars and, and icons and pioneers of you know what they did, but like I don't know, it's just it's I guess because it's music this time, whereas last time like they had to they were trying to pass a history exam or a history report, yeah. So they were just getting random people like from history. So you had more of a spread, like you had Genghis Khan and you had Socrates and Billy the Kid, where it's like you would never put those three together uh, ever, you know. Whereas this was like, oh, we'll just get some musicians. And I thought, well, that's cool. I could sort of see where it was going. Like they're going to have this great band. But then it, I don't know, I don't think they ever sort of, I don't think it really paid off enough as far as having those particular like historical people in the band where it turns out that every, everyone in the world just plays an instrument anyway. Like it was like, so we didn't, did you really need Jimi Hendrix then? Like, I guess like, uh, I don't yeah, know. That's true. But also, yeah, it wasn't bad. I'm, you know what I mean? That's, that's like, my whole thing do, with the movie. It's like, it wasn't bad. Yeah. It just, I don't know if it hit where it was meant to hit. Like you do have to a little off the mark you have to sell everyone on the idea that they have to play along with the song, you know? So it's gotta be somebody who's good enough to at least like communicate to people like, Hey, let's play along. Although yeah. to an extent, it's almost like, do you have a choice because reality is ending? You know, if yeah, you, you just don't play whole, like yeah. everyone in the world, here's an instrument. It's like, you can't just hand an instrument to someone and they can play it. Like, it's not how it works. You need to know how to play it. Like it's, you know, yeah. like they were handing trumpets and, and oboes and and you know drums and stuff to to random people and it's like we'll all play together it's like that's not how music works and for a movie that's meant to be based around it you think they would have picked that up and it wasn't all the way clear where they where they get all those instruments either no and just the i don't know i wasn't a fan of the whole like time and space is is collapsing and all this kind of stuff like it or it was it was reality and and there's yeah we're, we're sort of lightly introduced to this idea it's not until we get to like the like very old like on their deathbed bill and ted where they tell us like there are infinite pasts and infinite futures like i thought that was kind of an interesting explanation of like how all of this time travel stuff kind of fits together because it it, it gives you like a very much very much of like an avengers end game you know, and honestly, we'd have to talk to like, um, you know, Kid Cuddy to really get all the details about how the, these things fit together. But, but, uh, you know, to me, very much this kind of Avengers Endgame thing where like we can go back and do stuff in the past, but that's going to, what that's going to do is not it going to change off our into present. A different, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't dislike any of it, but I just, well, some parts, but not, um, Nothing specifically I can point to and be like, that was stupid, I didn't like that, but, you know, like, yeah. and just shit on it out of nowhere. Like, even the whole idea of, you know, oh, a song written by Preston Logan, it's like, well, straight away, you, yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's going to be the, the daughters. But um, but even then, it's like, like, it's weird. So the movie wants you to think that we're going to fool you, like, to a degree, we're going to fool you into thinking that Bill and Ted are going to write the song. And then, ha, surprise, it's the daughters. Okay, we kind of saw that coming. And then, oh, surprise, 
it's not really the daughters after all. It kind of is, but it isn't. So neither Bill and Ted or Billy and Thea kind of do anything at all. It's just kind of like like neither one like, well, like neither no, pair it's... does enough to be the the two that write the song. It's kind of just like yeah. oh, everyone did it. It's like, but it's like, but they do though. Weird. Like they, I, I don't know. It's it worked out okay enough to me, and I, and I think. You know, what I was worried about was that Bill and Ted were going to be kind of inconsequential in the whole story. And I think what, yeah. what we wound up getting is I, I really like this um, this this idea, you know, because we've they've been through heaven and hell. They travel to the past in a previous movie, but now like and well, and, and the and the distant future. But now, like Bill and Ted kind of coming face to face with like their own future in in all these different incarnations and trying to like trying to square things away and like grapple with their own failures and stuff like that is like, I, I thought that part of it was like really interesting and the whole, like it's, it's, it's played for laughs, but the way that like Ted is not like not ever comfortable with himself. Like he doesn't want to like give himself a hug. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then, it's always been a bit strange. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and at the, even at in the, the old very... movies though, Bill is the one that's sort of leading the charge where it's like, Hey, it's us yeah. again. And they start talking. It's the two bills. That are talking. The two Teds are just kind of standing there, like, "Oh, what's happening?" <laughs> Don't forget to wind your watch. That's like that's sort of about the only interaction they kind of have with each other. But, but then we, we get this moment at the end where where like the older Ted is apologizing to the modern day Ted, and he's like, and he's like, "I I was never able to get close to you, and I think it's just because I saw too much of myself in you." <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. it was kind of a throwaway thing, but I, I I just thought that was great. But then, but just the whole like, cause they 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 first encounter themselves as these like these these bums who have who have gotten divorced. Like nobody in their family talks to them. They're living out of a van and playing open mic nights at like a motel. And you know they almost get in a fight with themselves then, and then they come back mm. a few years later, and they find these like these like gaudy English accented Bill and Ted's living in this mansion who have, who have now written the song and are ready to give it to them. And, um, and then this turns out this is all a ploy and they're trying to give him a Dave Grohl song. Yeah. That was funny. Cause I was thinking like, Oh, okay. Something's up because obviously it's not going to be what they, you know, it's not going to be on the level. Something's happening. But then yeah, Dave Grohl turns up. Who are you guys? What are you doing in my house? It's like, Oh, that's cool. And Bill and Ted figure out right away what you know what's happening and yeah, have to try to escape their their future selves and they they do. Um, only See, to... I feel that 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 could have almost been a better movie and I wonder if there's a draft where it is more of that where it's Bill and Ted sort of traveling to meet other versions of themselves that either have or haven't been successful type of thing because it it did feel like there was that happening as one movie and then the idea of traveling back in time to get uh, musicians to put together the ultimate band to help you write the, the ultimate song to save the world type of thing. I, yeah. I well, feel it was but, almost but like two movies of one and they've sort of gone, well, we could have like the, the kids could go off and do one adventure. You know? I think the, the idea was that the musicians were just going to show up and play the song. Like they, like they, like they, mm. like Billy and Thea, like they have this plan of their own where it's like, we, we know what our dads are doing. And so we're going to help them out by like, by like showing up with this band so that when they have the song, we'll be ready to play it. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and, that, and I, so I, I think it works together and I never at any point during the movie, I like, I got to say that 
I watched this whole movie with just a big stupid smile on my face the entire time. Like I just, I just, I just loved it. And like, I, I am, you know, willing to kind of, you know, overlook like any imperfections in the movie because it just kind of like, it just made me so happy to, to see it, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, um, and like for most of the time I was happy with it, you know? Yeah. I just, for me, like, I don't know, maybe you, it's, it's probably just the case of like, you love Bill and Ted more than I do. You know, so like, uh, and like I love Bill and Ted, but obviously it seems like you're a bigger fan than me. So you are willing to sort of not even look over like imperfections or anything. Because like I said, there's yeah. nothing really wrong with the movie. You know, like I hate to, I don't want to sound as if like I'm like, oh, it was, I didn't like it. But um, it just didn't quite, and it's not a case of like oh, I didn't, the whole Ryan Johnson thing of like, oh, it didn't do what you expected, so yeah. you don't like it. It's not even that, like, because it's just I felt that it missed the mark a couple of times, or you could kind of almost see what they were trying to do in a particular scene or with a storyline, or you know, like it just, or some of it was perfect and some of it wasn't. Like even, even, um, like Bill and Ted themselves, like to me, Ke- uh, Keanu Reeves was like is a, a bit off. Like it just didn't feel like Ted. Like I felt the daughter was more Ted than Ted. Um, and like, I, I guess the argument against that is like, yeah, but this is 50 year old Ted yeah. as opposed to the teenage, but Bill was Bill. Like Bill, Bill was, he was, I, he went straight back into being Bill. And it was I like, gotta say, <laughs> I mean, it might be easier because he just hasn't played as many other roles. Well, it could be. But I mean, in saying that, it's but, like, but that's the role you're playing. So, oh yeah, but, it's but, like, well, yeah. absolutely. I, I thought, I thought Alex Winter, like, he really kind of stole those scenes and really kind of shined in a way that Keanu Reeves kind of didn't. Like, mm. it's it. You almost feel like Keanu Reeves has like killed too many people to be Ted anymore. Or it something. is almost a bit like that, yeah. yeah. And like, even just the way like Bill is dressed like Bill, you know, and to a degree, like yeah. an older Bill, but he's still kind of. It, it to me it made sense like okay he would still kind of wear that kind of stuff it's just a little bit you know 50 year old version of it whereas like that kind of Ted's wearing a suit and like then he just takes wearing, his jacket off and he's still wearing like it's, that's yeah, kind of true it was it's just it's, odd to me I, if you're Keanu Reeves how do you not wear a suit I feel like if if I were I would just wear a suit every day I would just wear the John Wick suit and I would drive well, that Mustang and that's what I would do you know, it was almost, and I wondered that. I thought because he turns, I mean, he's in the suit. He doesn't have a beard, obviously. So I'm like, is, are they kind of trying to do like a like, oh, I'm I'm John Wick, so let me take my jacket off and look, everyone, I'm Ted again. It's like I, mm. I don't think I don't think they were thinking of John Wick at all. I think like they were, I think they were trying to do Ted, but I, I agree that like Keanu Reeves never quite like he and he's supposed to be the, you know, of the two, he's the one who's kind of says like, I'm tired, you know, we're beating our heads against the wall. Like I'm ready to just kind of like sell my guitar and get on with our lives. And so maybe that's movies to make. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's meta. That's, 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 that's the behind the scenes, like conversations that we've had for 20 years of like Alex Winter being like, we could do Bill and Ted three. And Keanu Reeves is like, dude, I got these other movies to make. (laughs) But, but also like I, Keanu Reeves, like where, where his, his own version of Ted kind of falls short, like his future Ted's are great. 
his like his his yeah, like, ripped out Bill and Ted. Yeah, where he's he has this line where he's like, "You want a piece of Bill and Ted, punk?" Like it's yeah. just so good. I like the prison versions of yeah. them where they're just these like hulking fucking maniacs. Like, yeah, all that stuff was great. I just felt like OG Ted was kind of like, uh, yeah, all right. And I think it made it worse because the daughter was so good as being kind of a, like Ted from the early movies. It was like, oh, see, no, do it like that. <laughs> like, that's, yeah, uh, that's a it's a valid point of the you know you couldn't. You, you can't picture like this Ted, like sitting at the circle K, like, you know, asking the lady who works there when the Mongols ruled China. Yeah. He seemed like there's, he didn't he, have that fun about him. That's what I sort of, felt yeah, there's, like. there's, Bill there's did. like Bill was Bill at least just, yeah, less, less sparkle to him, you know, but, but yeah, <laughs> but, but he's sad Keanu, man. Like, yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't know. We don't know the depths of his pain. They could have just had a um, like a throwaway joke or something. It's like, oh, dude, I had this dream. Like, I killed a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, it wasn't like it wasn't bad. I just felt like Keanu Reeves as Ted was like, uh, yeah, all right. Uh, I don't know. But it is meant to be an older Ted and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Which, but that's what I think. Like, so I I can accept that. And I would have, I would have accepted that and sort of gone with it a lot more. I think if Bill wasn't so close to the familiar Bill that we'd had before. So, um, so, so whether so that's we just the case, we just can't. We can't have both. Like we have to. They have to both be different, or like, yeah, um, both but, different well, or both the same. Like it's, and it could just so. be a case that maybe Keanu Reeves is a better actor than Alex Winter, so Alex Winter can only do the one thing. <laughs> So he doesn't have any nuances to his character, whereas Keanu Reeves is like, no, I'm going to play older Bill and be, like, mellow and uh, thoughtful, you know, and shit. Whereas Alex Winter's just like, party on, dudes. Like, he just rolled back into it. So I don't know. And it's, yeah. Um, but I think I think what the movie kind of asks us to believe is that Bill and Ted really haven't changed all that much, that they've been, they've, they've been committed to just being wild stallions, playing music, you know, and and that maybe like maybe Ted's a little more defeated by it all than Bill is, but but even in spite of that, like you know, they're they're still they're still the same dudes. You know, like we we get this from their kind of couples therapy session that like you know they're they're inseparable and they think of themselves as like one unit. You know, when they when when Ted sits down on the couch with um, uh, his wife Elizabeth and is like, we love you guys. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool. I like that. I thought that, yeah. was, that was good. Where I was still like, they're still like the dummies. So. Yeah, but but also, but but also the fact that like they really have never had to think of themselves as like separate people. They're always Bill and Ted. They're just Bill and Ted. Yeah. There's no, there's no Bill. There's no Ted. Like they just, yeah. Yeah, I I did like the little ref, the quick little references as well um, to the other movies where. Uh, Ted's uh, dad is like, look, you didn't, you didn't travel back in time, and they're like, yes, we did, and it's like, your wives aren't from medieval England. It's like, yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't go to heaven and hell. Yes, we did. Like, just the, the, <laughs> like that was. And it gets, it like gets such a, such a great payoff later on when they when they meet him up and he's in hell and he's like, he's like Ted. And he's like, 
seeing you here in hell makes me realize that you probably did travel to heaven and hell, which implies that you also traveled through time and your wives are from medieval England. Yeah. <laughs> and they, cool. they finally have this kind of tender moment. So like it was, it was kind of a cool character thing for Ted. And then, <laughs> and then Bill says something. He's like, I'm not talking to you, Bill. Yeah. Just the hatred for Bill. Yeah. It's like, all right. <laughs> like, even though, even though he's like, he's like, like finally after all these years, like accepted who his son is. Like, he's still, he's still not, not quite all the way there. He's not, yeah, it's like, not, not ready to, yeah. He's still, still don't like you, Bill. Uh, yeah, I liked it. It was, I did like that part. Yeah, but yeah, when when they killed him, I thought, okay, cool. So that's how you're gonna, because obviously we knew death would be in the movie, right? Um, and I was wondering, like, all right, how's that going to happen? But, yeah, I did like that they sort of do the cliched, like, behind the music thing almost of, like, well, they sued each other and and, and split up and all that kind of stuff. And, and and Death sort of just went back to being the Grim Reaper and stuff and yeah. sitting in his little room playing bass on the headphones. <laughs> they had a pretty cool house. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But, again, I felt... The, like i don't know it seemed like almost again like all right we're dragging out the like get the old band back together a little bit like literally with with getting um grim reaper again and stuff it was like okay like you know it was he was fine but nothing where it was like oh he was so good it was great to see him again but i don't know again but nothing bad so yeah i felt the the, the other guy sort of stole the movie more um, oh, the um, the the, the, the the robot Dennis Caleb McCoy. My name is yeah. Dennis Caleb McCoy. Just that's um, a, that was a character that just did a full one eighty, like which that. Yeah, he starts he starts off as your your kind of standard like Terminator robot who's got the time machine kind of built into himself. He's you know launched out of the future where they're like they're not really certain about this plan to kill Bill and Ted either. Like they can't make up their mind whether they need to like help Bill and Ted or kill them, and and so. Um, so this robot shows up and keeps messing up and killing the wrong people and, and feels really bad about it. Yeah. Like that's sort of the first point. Cause at the start, he's just kind of like this robot Terminator thing, you know? Yeah. And then when he kills, um, uh, does he kill the daughters first? Oh, um, anyway. I think oh, no, the he dad, is, he kills the he dad. Kills, he kills Ted's dad first. Yeah. In the, in the like, uh, mansion escape. Like he's like, Oh dear. Like he's all of a sudden out of nowhere. He's like, remorseful and got like a character to yeah. him so and then just from there it just sort of spiraled or, or sort of went um like super weird but you know it's like oh i want to stay and dance <laughs> <laughs> all right then and just, yeah my name is dennis they're like dennis, okay dennis, thanks dennis dennis caleb mccoy you want to yeah. stop and that's that's a the, the the actor like you can't you can't tell in his costume but it's it's anthony kerrigan who i think a lot of people know from hbo's barry he steals a lot of he kind of steals the scene anytime he's in the scene but uh important to note that he's played two dc villains um yeah. kyle nimbus the mist and the flash and victor zaz and gotham <laughs> <laughs> also like that um yeah i thought um uh, what was I thinking? Like the 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 actor, because I, I was trying to pick who it was. Yeah. And for a minute there, I thought I don't know his name, but the guy that plays uh, the king, uh, King George in Hamilton, like the the one that's on oh, yeah, Disney. Uh, that's that's I almost Jonathan, thought it might have been him because I was Jonathan like, oh. Groff because he does he does look very similar when he's in that costume. I I, I got I, I get that as well. 
Yeah, like they don't look the same as as regular people, but no. obviously with the like he looked like Freezer, this robot thing. <laughs> he really like, was Freezer. He just needed a tail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I thought, like, oh, is that the guy from, from Hamilton? And I was like, oh, no, I don't know. And then I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, no, it's the guy from Barry. That's, that's okay. So, but he was good, I thought, like, as a as a funny just sort of character, you know. I like how they were like, how are you in hell? Like, you're a robot. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. They, they did a good job, like, kind of, like, like, hitting those gags just enough, too. Like, the two demons, like, hey, a robot in hell. You don't see that every day. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I think the two demons as well were, um, uh, what are their names? Ed Solomon and. Oh, were they really? I think that's them. Yeah, I think um, I read somewhere that they had a cameo. Chris, was Chris Matheson. Or yeah. yeah, I could be wrong, but I think that was them, because I don't know who they are, obviously, as far as. Yeah, you're, um, yeah, you're right. They're, they're credited as ugly demon and stupid demon. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I heard I heard somewhere saying like that they'd put themselves in, in it because I think they're at the seance. I think in the second one, I think they're on. Um, oh, that's that's funny. A couple of Missy's friends, I think they're in it somewhere. But yeah. Um, also, yeah, I, I I wanted to mention because we kind of glossed over her earlier, but Kristen Shaw, like when she steps out of the the new time machine, which I wasn't wild about that design. It's a little has a little bit of a sex toy kind of vibe to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when she steps out of that new time machine, she really looks like she would be George Carlin's daughter. Yeah. They did a good job. I thought, um, casting her, yeah. like she doesn't act like Rufus, but that would have been the easy thing to do. Like right. try and replace Rufus with Rufus and then it wouldn't be as good. So, yeah. you know, like I thought you could see how she could be the, the daughter of what is it? The great leader. Um, uh, and, and Rufus like, yeah, sort of halfway between the two of them. That, that, that was, yeah, she like like it. almost they just they just did like the face app on those two actors and they got Kristen Shaw. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but she sort of has like she has the overall um, like world spanning, wanting to control the universe sort of aspirations that that like her mother does. But then she also has the kind of like no fuck you, like we'll do what we're supposed to do, we're like um or whatever yeah. we want to do, like Rufus, you know. So, um, but yeah. I did wonder how her phone worked in hell, but that was, that was um, really something. Cause we, we had a precedent in bogus journey for like, you can make a phone call to the future directly, you know, cause robot Ted was able to pop out his eye and talk to Domomolos, but yeah. Um, for, yeah, for the phone call, especially when the phone worked in hell, <laughs> but it kind of like, like, yeah, yeah she not was only just, are you calling yeah. the future, but you're calling from the afterlife. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right whatever <laughs> but that's but, the thing you're i mean you know take something like that yeah station that's that's how yeah, you explain it yeah that's all right yeah they can build those little guys can build anything <laughs> that's true yeah yeah um yeah i don't know like i said the 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 whole thing at the end like it was like well like i was worried that bill and ted weren't going to actually be involved in it like you said and it was going to be the daughters um not in a way that like, oh, fuck, I'm going to shit on it because it's women or it's a new thing or anything like that. I just thought, well, no, like, it's Bill and Ted. It's about Bill and Ted. Like, there's nothing wrong with wanting Bill and Ted to being the hero of Bill and Ted. But it then sort of 
it did and didn't do that at the same time. I felt like they were they were like producing and doing the writing the song type of thing, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, but Bill and Ted are leading the band, and it's like, oh, okay. And that's why I just I just felt neither neither pair did enough where it was like, you know, like if it, if they'd gone full force and it was the daughters, and it was they were going to pretend that like they didn't know it was Bill and Ted, they just thought it was Preston Logan, and it turns out after all it was the daughters. Yeah. And they'd gone full on with that, and they were the two that played the song and wrote the music and all that kind of stuff. That would have almost been better because that would have at least been a fully formed like storyline and idea where it was kind of like it felt like they wanted to do that, but they did then they maybe changed their mind or they were afraid that people were going to shit on it because it made Bill and Ted kind of superfluous or something. I don't know. So they kind of did both and I think by doing both you don't get one of anything you know like I would rather love an idea or hate an idea than sort of have a mixture of both that's kind of average I thought the balance that they struck was okay because they 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 did sort of paint themselves into a corner a little bit where like if you give too much to either generation you wind up kind of just throwing the other one out and the you know the 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 younger Preston Logan are you know they're 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 such an important part of this movie that you don't want to you don't want to toss them aside but if we do, if we lose Bill and Ted completely or if you know if they're reduced to just like handing out instruments to random people like that would have kind of been unsatisfying too and I mm. think that ultimately like even even if you don't like the payoff you you wind up getting like a pretty good song and then like immediately after that like the movie's pretty much over like the, this the movie yeah. you know and and then the 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 end credits start up and we get this great cold war kids song and these these fan videos that have been compiled by <laughs> like all these people in quarantine yeah. and um and so like it's hard it's it's hard to stay mad because the movie just oh, kind yeah, of breaks I was never up the like... charm to 11 yeah, it's still like the song itself is like inconsequential. Like it doesn't matter yeah. what song they actually play. You just meant to. You just meant to accept that it's this sort of awe-inspiring music that kind of yeah. brings the world together. And like you know, if you actually write a song and say here it is, there's always going to be someone who goes, I don't like that song. Yeah. You know, and, and and legitimately because it's like not everybody likes, you know, um, the same music. Like someone that likes. Van Halen, for instance, isn't going to be sort of universally, you know, harmonized by something like that. They're going to, they're going to want, like we said, run DMC or they're going to want like some classical or the Beatles or something, you know, it's, it's different. So I didn't have a problem with that. I didn't really care what the song turned out to be. It was just going to be music, but yeah, I just wonder, it just, it's sort of almost as well, like they forget it. it. It's not a big deal, but just the whole idea of like, well, we don't really know who it is it's just Preston Logan it's like but Rufus knows he says at the end of the first one like well the girls are here like they're in the band too like the princesses and that was sort of the big surprise like of the first movie it's like well they're all um like the yeah. princesses from medieval England they've always been in the band because Bill and Ted always went back in time and brought them to the present you know but, um, but Rufus is also a super fan like he's he's into like the old stuff 
you know, like the he's he's probably got the whole record collection and has listened to it inside and out. It's got all the death albums, like I guess because they would have been the paler, they would have been pale. Yeah, he's 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 that guy, but also like I didn't think you know he's he's trying to he he clearly like views like this holistic picture of like all of what Wild Stallions like kind of is and will be. Like he knows he knows that inside and out because he's like a scholar of what they've done. I was going to say, I, I, at first I thought, oh, they've kind of, are they, they're changing it to be where like the, the, what is it? Elizabeth and uh, uh, Joanna, Joanna, they're not in the band, but I guess they are because they, they would have been playing on the albums yeah. that they have already made. It's just, they weren't the big ones. So I guess they, they just um, weren't, they weren't on stage for the fun. Although they were there. They, they were there, but yeah. They, they, and the know, weird thing where it was like they their future just selves them up on were, stage. Yeah, like the future the future princesses were there as old ladies for a bit, and I was like, what is this? This is sort oh, of one thing I kind of noticed the second time around that was funny is that the future princesses steal the phone booth from Bill and Ted when they go to visit their oldest selves. Yeah, yeah. Like that was I, I kind of missed that the first time around. They're like they're like, Where are the princesses? And they're like, Oh, they're here and not here. Yeah, it was it's first because like, I was like, "Who are these two yeah. old ladies like taking the time machine?" And then later, when they turn, I was like, "Oh, okay, they're yeah, the old princesses." That was that was, that was when the old princesses stole the time machine to to take yeah. them on their own journey. And that kind of, you know, we only like sort of intersect with them like every every once in a while. Like they're just sort of like kind of in the in the background to remind us what's at stake. Yeah, because it it does seem you know like saving reality and everything like that. I think is it's less important to Bill and Ted than this idea of like, they got to do this one thing to save their family. Yeah, that was cool. I like that where they were more, they were more concerned about their, um, you know, losing their wives and, and yeah. being like good dads and stuff than they were about sort of being these fabled heroes of the future type of thing. Like that was, that was cool. I just, yeah, in general, like I didn't dislike it. I, I thought it was still worthy but like i mean i i wouldn't put it anywhere near the other two um as far as like the bill and ted movies go sort of thing but i just yeah it it everything just seemed a little bit off i don't know to me mm. but i guess that's kind of what happens when you try and make a movie like 20 years apart and things like that so i yeah, can't think of anything where they did it in with such a span of time that was like perfect again so yeah but, but even for me, the it was dead show. Like I said, like they, yeah. except the first episode of that show was like the most perfect return to evil dead ever. Um, and then after that, it kind of went off and did its own thing a little bit, which it was still good, but there were parts where we were like, okay, this is not quite great. But the first episode, if they had just made that and that was it, like just as a little one-off thing, like, oh fuck, it's so good. <laughs> How do you feel? Groovy. <laughs> like yeah you do <laughs> it's like a 30 minute setup for a joke <laughs> yeah. yeah but no in general it was it was decent enough I thought so it was just good to see everyone again but Bill and Ted and Grim mm -hmm. Reaper and all that so even like we said um, what's but, his yeah. name Hal Landon Jr. Christ he's got to be about 90 Still working the case. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's old. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Hal Hal Landon Jr. Chief Logan. Yeah. 
but but for me, man, this this was really, um, you know, as 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 somebody who, who who grew up on these movies, who uh, you know, I ate the Bill and Ted cereal and watched the Bill and Ted cartoon, and like uh, even a couple episodes <laughs> of the live action show, um, you know, moved across the street from the Bill and Ted Circle K, <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. all all this stuff. Um, it was it was the it was the Bill and Ted movie that I that I needed right now. You know, it did it, it hit it hit everything. Uh, I expected it to hit and like with, without being like just overly like saccharine and sentimental, I feel like it, it's, uh, um, yeah, it just, it just, it really just kind of lived up to what, what all of my expectations were for it. When, and when it was finished, I did feel that yeah. like the way it ends and they just sort of like the music plays and everything's right. And then the, you know, the voiceover from, from the daughters kicks in again and they're like, well, and they played the song and it worked and it just sort of stopped. I'm like, okay, cool. Like that was like a kind of a, just a happy feel good ending sort of thing, which was good. And then when you see old Bill and Ted sort of have one more, yeah. one more sort of jam session and like, Oh, I've got to sit down. Like <laughs> that was, yeah. I mean, like the movie ended and I was sort of like, Oh, that's cool. Okay. Like I wasn't, I was, I was happy when it finished, you know, like, I wasn't sort of there like, oh, disappointed. Yeah. It's like, no, no, it was, I was sort of, I was stoked at the beginning. I kind of got a bit disappointed around the middle thinking like, oh, okay, whatever. And then by the end, I was like, yeah, you know what? That was still fun. Like, good for them. They made another Bill and Ted, you know. I'm trying to think of another, of like movies we could compare this to as far as like making a sequel way down the road where they try to bring kind of everybody back. And obviously they didn't get everybody like they recast the princesses, which See, I, I wonder guess... if people I wonder if people felt like this, for instance, like when the very first like Star Trek movie came out, when it was like, well, we had this show kind of like 15 years ago and like now we're going to do a movie and look, we've got Kirk and Spock and everyone. <laughs> they were sort of like, yeah, but Kirk's an admiral now and it's, you know, <laughs> Spock's not really with them. He's kind of he's doing his own thing on Vulcan for a bit, and like McCoy still doesn't want to use the transporter. Like, eh, I guess, and there's no action in that movie really. And I wonder if people were sort of the same. Like, yeah, yeah, it's Star Trek, but eh, <laughs> you know, not really. I think you could and also the con and everyone was yeah. happy. <laughs> you could compare it to The Force Awakens too, and and that I mean that movie got everybody hyped for Star Wars. Yeah, you know, but 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 very that they did that. Like the, the Force Awakens was not at all. It was actually it was it was really about Han Solo. It was a lot about Han Solo. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was the star movie. of that movie. Yeah, it was, it, like as as much as um as much as Finn and Rey were, but but mm. still oh. um yeah. yeah, still like it was that that was not supposed to be the case. I don't think it was just a, it was just <laughs> Harrison Ford like chewing the scenery too hard yeah. or, or something. <laughs> Like, but I don't know. It was, it was, it was the story. Um, and it's, 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 it's hard to feel good about force awakens now because of just how the, how the landing didn't get stuck. How they you know, I feel like there's, yeah. yeah, there's, there's just no, I, I don't think anybody, you know, like, like there, there's a lot of conflicting opinions, but no matter how you feel, nobody's happy <laughs> with how yeah, it all went right. down. Yeah. And, and um, you're either so, upset at the left turn that, uh, you're either upset at the left turn that Last Jedi took, or you're upset at the course correction that that they did with Rise of Skywalker. Like, right. But most people, I think, are happy with Force Awakens. But going back and looking at it, it doesn't really stand up as well as it did because 
there's all this potential there and there's all this like intrigue yeah. and oh this could happen now or this or it looks like this is happening and then they just sort of scrapped all of it and it was like oh okay all the things we were excited for you didn't you didn't do and again like you don't have to do what people expect just for it to be good but you know sometimes the obvious thing is the right thing as well you know it's not yeah. always just oh it's different so it's good mm, not necessarily you could kill Batman off in the first five minutes of a Batman movie if you wanted to. Right. Doesn't make it fucking good. No, no one saw that coming. Yeah, no shit, because that's a dumb idea. Don't do that. You know? Like But can know. you and I guess I guess like I I think of Jay and Silent Bob reboot, even though it's not so far removed in time. See, that like, to me felt it felt very much like Jay and Silent Bob. I think this was better. I'll give yeah. him that. I think Bill and Ted three was better than Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Because that, to me, like, honestly, I think I was about halfway through Jane Silent Bob reboot and I was ready to turn it off. Like, I was just like, <laughs> no, I've got to keep watching it. We're going to do it on the show. And I hate being the guy that turns movies off halfway through anyway because how can you judge it if you didn't watch the whole thing, you know? Um, yeah. But I was like, oh, this is just fucking terrible. Like, uh, put the weed away, Kevin, you know? <laughs> but yeah. but it, it got a bit better. But even then, I was like, eh, it's, yeah, it's not, I, I didn't really like it. I don't think it's a great movie. But this was, this was better by far. But, but you got kind of a similar feeling, like, so, like, like some of these people have lost a step along the way or something like that. Yeah, it just it's seemed like, like, okay, they kind of, they kind of Bill and Ted, sort of, like, you know. Like, and, and like I said, I, they don't, they didn't both have to be the exact same, like, 20-year-old guys from the yeah. old movies because it's like, well, that's fine, but it seemed like one was and one wasn't. So it's like, hmm. Are there yeah. are there other good examples? Like, I don't know if you could like if any of the later Die Hard movies had a similar kind of thing where it's like we're, we're we're coming yeah. back to this after a long time. I think like, I I'd feel that way with the what was it? Oh, it's, it's called something different in America. Here it was Die Hard four point What's it? What's it? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Is it live free and die hard or something? Yeah, live live free and die hard, which which would only make okay. sense in America. Yeah, uh, because See, because that, that is because live live free and die hard is how America is living its life right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> See, like that to me, I didn't feel like watching that. I don't think I felt as if like this is John McClane. I felt like oh, this is Bruce Willis. Like yeah, this is a, another Bruce Willis action movie type character thing but i didn't feel like it's john mcclain whereas if you watch like die hard 2 and die hard 3 like he's john mcclain um lethal weapon a little bit as well like not to go down the, the mel gibson oh yeah when what was thing, what was the last lethal weapon when was the lethal weapon one he's Riggs. lethal weapon two he's very much Riggs. uh lethal weapon three he's kind of like happier Riggs, you know but yeah. still a little bit mad, but he's not a psychopath. And then Lethal Weapon Four, he's Mel Gibson. He's just well, he's not <laughs> he's not yeah. Mel Gibson, but he's 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 you know like it's he's got Mel Gibson's haircut at the time, and he's acting like generic Mel Gibson action character, whereas yeah. he's not, but he's not Riggs. Only at the very end, like not the spoilers <laughs> for that movie, at the very end because he's sad about like his old wife again. 
Oh. And Joe Joe Pesci gives him the pep talk about the frog and like holy fuck like there was like they saved this movie in the last ten minutes, but yeah that was another one so it's very hard to do. Um, I guess well I guess the new Terminator was kind of like that where all of a sudden oh. like after after so long Linda Hamilton was back and and Arnold was back. See she and... felt like she felt like Sarah Connor to me in that movie but just. Everything else in that movie was so fucking awful. Yeah, was, I thought Arnold was good. I, I mean, we like we we did the whole show on it, but I I, I thought uh, yeah, he I, was I thought good, Arnold but just, but, but of course he yeah. wasn't he wasn't supposed to be the same character either. He was a different no. Terminator who did different stuff. Yeah, it, well, every movie he's a different Terminator. Right. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, was, that's he, what they would say. Played the same character twice. It's like I don't think he ever has. <laughs> um, well, no, like legit, he's one of those oh. people. You know, we had it on our trivia show where um. Um, what's his name? Um, oh, Christ, what's his name? Not Paul Newman, the other one. He's in Avengers. Um, uh, Robert Redford. Robert Redford. God damn it. Why can't I yeah. think of that? Robert Redford never played the same character twice until he was in Endgame. Technically, I think you could probably say the same thing about Arnold. Yeah. Well, he was Conan. He was, he was Conan in two Oh, movies. Conan. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Because they say, oh, but he's in about five Terminator movies. It's like, yes, but that's never, not the yeah, same character. Never the same Terminator. Technically, because it's not the same. Yeah. Right. It's not the same Terminator. Does but, he live yeah. Does he live at the end of the new Terminator? I don't even remember. No. Like he's, yeah, I, no. <laughs> that's a shame. He lives in the end of Genesis. Because yeah. the, the interesting thing about that, about that Terminator was that like, you know, he, he, he was the Terminator who had fulfilled his purpose and now had to just like live a life. Yeah, just hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, I just sit in the cabin. I don't do anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <-o. laughs> that one line, though, like it was completely dumb. I liked it because it was Arnold, not because of the thing where he's like, oh, the man came to me. He wanted, you know, plain color, plain drapes in his daughter's bedroom. And I said, don't do it. <laughs> I was like, fuck. <laughs> you need polka dots or some stripes. <laughs> like that in itself in a bubble, I thought was funny and great, but like, like that's why is the Terminator doing this? It doesn't. Yeah, who flicked its switch to learn things? Like, they they, they acted as if like all Terminators learn things. It's like no 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 no. Yeah. You have to flip <laughs> the switch in their head. There's a whole scene of it in Terminator Two where they pull the chip out and flip it so that he learns things. That's why he learns to smile and he learns hasta la vista and the thumbs up. He's not just learning because. Yeah. So, but anyway, so, yeah, I, I I did feel that of all of those things, Bill and Ted probably did it the best. But even then, yeah, mm, it's a, it's yeah. a really really a hard act to pull off, and I yeah. I, I think you got to just give them credit for for doing um, as 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 good of a job as they did because because yeah, it's a it's a, a a tough thing to revisit. And I thought, and and I just thought that you know, the yeah the themes resonate with 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 me as I'm, as I'm, you know, entering middle age and, and staring down my own mediocrity. So there's, there's that, you know, <laughs> component of it that, that, uh, that, that hits very hard, but, um, get your 40 I, for 40 ready. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I think, are mine going to have to all be sequels because, uh, because yes. I'll be the second one. Um, yep. you yeah. have to do 40 for 40 sequels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, finally, like one last thing after this, would you be interested in seeing some continuing excellent adventures of Billy and Thea? Uh, probably not. It's, it's tough to say. Like I, 
I don't know. I wouldn't. Like I would, but they're too pigeonholed into being Bill and Ted light. So because that's what they were meant to be in this. Like yes. they were meant to be younger versions, younger female versions of Bill and Ted. So that's what they did. That's what the characters were. It's great. It's not like, oh, they're just they're just being like she's just acting like Keanu Reeves from the first movie. It's like, yeah, she is. Or they are, sorry. Yeah. Um that that's what's happening. That's what that character is supposed to be. That's fine. But I don't necessarily want to then see that as a its own thing. I don't know. It could it could work though, I think, for like other people. You know, like if they were like we're going to spin it off for like this generation and they can have their own Bill and Ted. They can have Billy and Thea. Hmm. Like that would work. It's just not for me, but it doesn't have to be yeah. for me because I've got Bill and Ted. So I wouldn't be opposed to them making it, but I'd be opposed to them making it if they try and market it for me, you know, because it'd be yeah. like, well, our Bill and Ted is Bill and Ted. We don't yeah. need a new generation. But if they make it for other people, that would this, make sense. It would, I think it would be interesting, you know, to me to see where these actors take the characters, you know, and how how they sort of define themselves, you know, differently from what was done before. But, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd 100% watch it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if the animated series came out on DVD, I'd buy it. Although, apparently, <laughs> I guess the first season of the animated series had Alex Winter, Keanu Reeves, and George Carlin, and then they get a different animation house and, like, all different scab actors. Um. There's a there's a fake Bill and Ted from the live action series, I guess. Like these different actors became the animated voices. It was a whole thing. Oh, okay. And the show the show <laughs> kind of went to hell after that. Mm. Um, but yeah, but I've read there have been there have been like some recent comics that I've read of Bill and Ted, and there there's one where like they go back to hell, but Napoleon has taken over. Um, <laughs> that'd be cool. It's yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's all pretty cool. Like there's 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 some stuff. Yeah, it's 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 like it's super duper referential to. Um, to, to bogus journey you'd probably like it actually it, it, that yeah. comic is called bill and ted go to hell uh bill yeah. and ted's deep cuts right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i mean i'd be interested to see what else they could do with it but i think like i don't i, I don't need to see bill i mean i didn't need to see bill and ted 3 to be honest because i thought the second one wrapped it up like it was like and there's the ending that we told you was kind of coming but um I wasn't opposed to them doing Bill and Ted 3. I was excited for it. It probably wasn't exactly... It didn't turn out as well as I'd hoped. Um, but having said that, I wasn't kind of... It, it wasn't ruined for me or... Dis- like, my expectations weren't, like, too high where it was, oh, I'm disappointed or anything like that. It just was like, okay. Like, it was okay. Yeah, it was fine. It was good enough, you know? Yeah. So it didn't ruin anything completely, so... You know, it's like definitely like Terminator. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's really one where you just have to watch the first two movies and then just pretend there just, aren't any just, others. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas at this, like, I wouldn't be like, oh, I gotta just pretend that third one doesn't happen. I would be like, oh, no, it's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Unfunny Nerd Tangent. You can follow us on Twitter. The show is at unfunny and tangent i'm at tim hogney greg is at greg t13 um of course all roads lead back to the steelcage.com where you can visit the steelcageshop.com and check out our beautiful mon milfma t-shirt um she is truly a historic babe (laughs) 
and very historic because she's from, from a long, long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, Greg, would you like to plug Transformers Reanimated? You haven't talked about it much. Oh, I don't really plug it on this show because I okay. feel it's a bit self-serving. But um, I made a little bit of a building robots joke in there earlier, and I thought I might give you. Yes, yeah. uh, Yoshi. If you heard the show, obviously Yoshi from the Transmissions podcast. He's been on a few times. He and I uh, pitched a comic to IDW, and they rejected it based on the fact that it wasn't solicited. So, which means they didn't even look at it. So we thought, well, we'll just release it anyway. Uh, and it is a, uh, it's not a full comic. It's just the script and, and other scripts we've written since then, just for a bit of fun. Um, it is what happens between season two of the original cartoon for Transformers and the movie, because in universe, there is 20 years of time that it skips over. So we sort of were like, let's fill in the blanks, basically. So, uh, But yeah, you can find them at transformersreanimated.com. And you guys really have put together some impressive stuff, as well as just like some some killer cover art. Um, yeah, for, for the covers are, well. have been really good. Um, Damon Bat, who is the official artist for TFCon, which is a Transformers convention, as it sounds, um, he has done quite a few covers for us. And then we have reached out and got a couple done by other um, Transformers artists, uh, like Casey Collar and Lee Sullivan and. And, um, yeah, we've got some other ones in the works as well. So, there's, yeah, the covers have turned out really well. But um, being that we don't have – neither one of us can draw, uh, we can't do the <laughs> interiors of the comics, but we do have the scripts and the covers. So, uh, yeah. And occasionally we do, like, a, with guys like Mike Seibert and the, and the squad from um, the Autopod Decepticast, we do, uh, like, we read the scripts on the podcast version and just sort of – murder all the classic voices <laughs> do terrible jobs <laughs> but it's a bit of fun so yeah why not all right well thanks again for listening to unt 103 bill and ted and remember kids from the very very bottom of my and greg's hearts i and greg totally love and worship you and rosario dawson mm-hmm.